Yeah. Oh, so he can take a yeah, chicken. Yeah, he can take a chicken anyway, so. Yeah. Oops, shoot! <laughs> I will just let this stop. Sorry, I forgot to turn off my, uh, my, um, that's my uh, air compressor. <sighs> there we go. All right, back to back, back to normal. Hi everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby. And I tried to uh, vary my my inflection on that on that intro. Oh, that's great. So uh, I, I changed. Let's, I let's changed do a couple. The, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do a couple more just for fun. Okay. Okay. So sure, sure. Like, loosen up, shake your shoulders. Okay. Okay. Uh, bubble, bubble, uh, your bubble, backs, bubble. Okay. Yeah. Your backstory is you're a man who owns two chickens. Okay. <laughs> wait. Wait. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's your motivation. Is like uh, yeah. you got to keep this podcast going to, okay. to make enough chicken feed. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to support your chickens. All right. And uh, so really, just uh, give it give it that heart. Okay. And, uh, and go. Hey everyone, welcome to Sneaky no, no, Dragon. No, no, oh no, no, it's no, no good. It's too little too no, little too much excitement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really. That was terrible. Okay, just, I got it. Got no, kind of nervous. I, I'm saying no. Okay, don't be nervous. Okay. Don't be nervous. So here's the thing. Okay. Calm down. Yeah. So uh, what you got to do is just have fun with it. Okay. So I just want you to have. I want to really hear oh, the fun. Okay, you want to hear yeah. the fun in it. Okay, okay. Yeah, if, right. you don't, if you don't have the fun, the chickens will die. Okay, ready? <laughs> and uh, let's uh, loosen up. And on the okay. count of three. Yeah. And three. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Yeah, that was a clown with a head wound. I like it. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yeah, clown with a head wound. <laughs> That's Excellent. My go-to, really. Yeah. A little, maybe it was if a little you... too typical, do you think? Too, too clown with a head, head wound? It made me think of those Hammond organs that had the rumba key and whatever you just, <laughs> um, but it's like you just hit clown with head wounds. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, speak into the microphone. Boom. I was so impressed by those when I was a kid. It was like, well, you don't even need to know how to play. <laughs> it's already doing the thing for you. The Bon Tempe bum, organ. Bum, bum. This will be hours of fun at my next party. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. This is great. Then I'll just get out some craft slices, wrap them around some celery sticks, and put them in my new microwave. Just got to put, put that on high for 16 minutes. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing better than... Oh, don't, don't I don't know. I'm, I'm a little wary about using my microwave oven until I, take, I go take some classes at, at uh, night school. Okay, well, I've been watching uh, Microwave Cooks on CBC. Oh, okay, I'm, okay. Bruno Gerussi. I'm sorry. Uh, microwave Chefs, I apologize. <laughs> uh, and uh, he just had David Letterman on uh, today. So uh, I learned how to like microwave some uh, oh, meal stuff. We're good. all talking about actual shows that used to be on the uh, <laughs> CBC. It used to be a show called Celebrity Chefs with Bruno Gerussi. Yeah. And then uh, to uh, future it up, Later on, it became microwave chefs. Oh, hmm. yeah. I guess they didn't need as many uh, celebrities on that. Uh, you know uh, what have you? But I yeah, never, I never saw that one. I saw that when it became a kids' one, Micronauts chefs. So that was much better. <laughs> you did see David Letterman on uh, on on this show, though, right, Dave? Yes, uh, you sent. We did a link one time. Yeah, that's had, what I thought. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. So you have seen celebrity chefs. I have. Chef. I have. Okay. And it, what's interesting about it to me is that David Letterman isn't that funny. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's more <laughs> a writer back then. Yeah. And also he's on Canadian TV, so I don't think he's really hitting it as hard as he could. Sure. I think at that point he was still doing the Mary Tyler Moore variety show. Okay, okay. Yeah, Mary, I think the show was called. I think his thing was more audience interaction than it was bits. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think there was more interplay between him and the crowd. And it was more about, it was kind of more meta than what he could do on television. Well, I'm sure he saw the audience, which was, if it's like any CBC audience then, <laughs> elderly ladies. Like, just yeah. just, yeah. just a pond full of elderly ladies. Like, if basically, if you went to the gates of heaven, you'd see a similar group of women standing there yeah. at any given day. Um, and <laughs> freshly, freshly off their sure. lives. Yeah. And, uh, but right before they die... They all decided to go see uh, celebrity chefs <laughs> or walk with Yan. Uh, sure. Those some of them thought that the uh, Chinese food was a little too spicy, so they went over to the uh, Bruno Drusi. <laughs> well, the, the, weird, the weird thing about Bruno Drusi was because, of course, he's uh, best known for doing uh, beachcombers, mm-hmm. and then of course the new beachcombers. Yes, um, was on that. He's kind of a gruff guy who's uh, just getting his logs and doing that. But when he was doing celebrity chefs, yeah. he had his earring in and he was the swinging guy. And yeah, like, yeah. Hey, hey, ladies, what's going on? All right. <laughs> hey. And I'm like, where'd this guy come from? There's a reason there was a local band here in Vancouver called Bruno Jerusi's Medallion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what? Here's a, you know, I put in a new microwave. Speaking of microwaves. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. We uh, talked a little bit about that last uh, last week. We got a letter about it. <laughs> Here's an Disgusting. interesting fact. Okay, about go ahead. This, about this microwave. It has a metal rack inside it that you, you cook with it inside. Like, it has a metal rack in it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Like, when, when I grew up, you know, you couldn't even, like, put a stick of butter in, in, in a tinfoil wrapper in the oh, no, no, without no. causing some trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why they're. It's, it's, I don't it's know why they're different now. It's coated in something, right? It's coated. It's, there's a reason. For no, that. no, no. It's like metal. It's like clearly metal. Yeah, but if you put, if you did the old tin foil and put it in your microwave, you would still get sparks ahoy. I don't know. Right? I don't know. I think you would. Okay, I guess I'll give it a try and see what happens. Yeah, please do. Well, what type of microwave do you have? Like uh, what brand? Yeah, sure. Let's go with what brand. Like, what's it called? Because it must be a certain type of microwave that's got a metal rack in it. Like, it's not a convection or some such. Like, whatever the yeah, I don't, kind of, I don't a word for it. Because as I mentioned before, when I bought it, it was out of the box. That's why when I I got n- none of the correct <laughs> oh, <there you laughs> the go. correct parts for it for installing. Well, let me it. let me. But again, uh, it's a Samsung. Question. Oh, Samsung, very good. Then uh, you can get many uh, channels. On it, you can get uh, <laughs> CBC yes. Gems. You can yeah. watch old episodes of Celebrity Chefs. Then sure, on that, sure. Uh, what I would say then is, let's ask our listeners because they they know everything. Yeah. Uh, how come you can have a metal rack and a microwave now? What's up with that? Yeah. What's it huh? for? What's it for? <laughs> yeah. What's it for? What are you put on there? I didn't get any instructions with this thing, so I don't, I don't know what half of the stuff is for. Well, I mean, you can go online and uh, you'll get a you can download an instruction manual, right? Did, oh yeah, I'm sure I could. I'm yeah, sure I could. Okay. Have I done that? No, but I, I'm no, sure I but could. but you could. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd rather just ask people. But, All right. you know, so far, we've had it in a couple of weeks now. So far, I have uh, melted some butter for popcorn. Nice. That's it. Eve used it the other day to heat up buns for dinner. And, okay. And here, this is another interesting fact about it. Like, you know, in the old days, you would like warm up bread in it. And mm-hmm. what, what would happen? It would get really crusty, right? Or really hard around the edges. Okay. The, the buns didn't at all. They were like super soft and they never... They, they were fine. 
So why not? Uh, sorry, I understand you got a microwave and God bless it. Uh, what about like just throw the buns in the oven and then you get that nice uh, crispy crust? You don't want that. You want the soft, uh, soft bun situation. Well, we would have, but that's where the baby is. <laughs> oh, I forgot you were hippies. <laughs> you have that bun in the oven. Oh, no. I you were hippies. In a, uh, no cautionary tale. It's <laughs> just um, time. Time management was the issue. So it takes a lot longer to heat up a bun in 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 an oven than it does in a microwave. Um, so. Speaking speaking of uh, popcorn, uh, I I got my uh, flavicol. Exactly, I got my flavicol in the mail. Your what? Sorry, uh, are you familiar with what flavicol is? F L A V A C O L. No. Okay, it is popcorn salt. Uh, this is the kind that <laughs> okay. they use in uh, movie theaters, not like. Uh, Cineplex, they got their own business. But if you go to like, you know, a movie theater that's like, um, you know, like if you go to one of those movie theaters, like the uh, real got movie? A lot of video games oh, okay. uh, in the lobby, that, and, uh, you know, you're seeing the movies maybe like two months after they come out. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. And this is the popcorn salt they use. I see. And when and when, and when you uh, cook with it, yeah. or you make your popcorn with it, and you yeah. take your popcorn, you go like, oh my God. This yeah. is exactly the flavor of popcorn from when I was a kid and went to the uh, and went to the movies. It's uh, it's really quite good. Huh. Um, yeah, I was watching a binging with Babish uh, episode and they were making some popcorn and it was saying like if you want that specific flavor, this is what everyone used and mm. this is what you use. And yeah, it's just a, a special uh, popcorn salt. So and it's just a regular salt. Oh, it's not. Um, it's not. Uh, oh, I just hurt myself. Uh, it's not. <laughs> Shoot, it's not uh, like a flavored it, one, right? It's not like it's not, it's not pickle like, flavored. It's not. There, yeah. there, it, it, there's a little flavoring to it. Oh, okay. There's a little flavoring to it, mm. uh, and uh, it just makes it taste like uh, the past. It's got a little okay. butter flavor. So I understand uh, now that it's flavor is, of course, it's hip hop speak for flavor. Sure, sure. Yeah, oh, what, is, what is the col col c o l? Oh, it's uh, colic. It's uh, <laughs> prevents it's colic. It's, colic yeah well i should get the baby out of the baby. oven and uh give him some yeah if you have a little baby and the baby's got colic right. uh, make him a big batch of popcorn yeah and uh and then give it to them and then the colic will go away wow yeah and now you know absolutely and you can st- and you still put butter on it don't be a fool uh you got to put some butter on it and then uh, then you got some great popcorn and you just sit down and you watch yourself a movie uh, i watched uh I watched the uh, movie. Oh, it actually came out already. Uh, our, our episode, <laughs> Fan Splainers. Yes, uh, I watched uh, the, uh, Holy Grail, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and I ate uh, the popcorn with it, and I had that nice old timey experience. That's it was really nice. Uh, really that's fun. really nice. Well, that's funny that you mentioned that. We should perhaps tell people that Fan Splainers has returned mm-hmm. for a successful, uh, a successful uh, debut. Uh, successful? Good? I'll tell you. We've had two letters already. Yeah, yeah. People were excited. Now, boom, two letters immediately. I think we may have had three letters, actually. And, and they wrote, they went like, uh, there's no need to bring this back. And uh, <laughs> we were fine with that show being gone. It was a little too and much I, honesty. Oh, it's seven o'clock, everyone. Oh, this is, uh, okay. So even though it's probably not seven where you are, uh, we'll all do a little applause and thank the frontline workers. Yay. Good job, everyone. And uh, everyone who is, uh, you know, behaving and uh, staying indoors 
And uh, and if you're not indoors, you know, uh, staying away from people to a, a good distance and, uh, you know, just making sure that we, everything doesn't come back and bite us all in the ass. So good on you uh, not having things bite us in the ass. Yay. Because uh, the last one we want is that uh, whatever that happened to that baby with the uh, diaper and the, uh, and, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the, the, the you know, sunscreen and then the dogs taking off the bathing suit in the in the beach like a stupid perv that dog you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i have no I idea oh, you know oh, is it, I mean. oh the copper tone ad copper tone how dare you sir not <laughs> say you know what i'm talking about it's a child and, it's not a baby it's but, a young child but yeah it's a young child but yeah. you know there you are and and let me just say congratulations on our 50th uh reference to the 1970s <laughs> this episode <laughs> hooray Hey, don't you miss saccharin? <laughs> uh, the the emotional element in movies, or are you talking about the actual, uh... the actual stuff? I oh. used to pop like uh, like nobody's business. I'd steal my grandfather's saccharin and just pop the little saccharin tablets in my mouth. Really? Would, oh, so sweet, so good. And then later <laughs> on, you found out, oh, it's really bad for you. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> Lesson learned. And then, then I'd eat a whole bunch of MSG, and then I'd be told, that's bad for you. And then later on, I was told, no, it's uh, it's actually okay for you. Did you think it was bad for you? Yeah. Oh, well, that's racist. What? Is it? Oh, shit. <laughs> sorry about that. Well, I'm sorry my he- headache was racist. I, it's like, no, you get a headache because it's oversalted. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, so MSG is fine again, and saccharin is still bad. I think and that... I think you can have a reaction to MSG. I used to get a very, I used to get very numb um, numb mouth from from eating food with heavy MSG in it. Mm-hmm. So I think I do think you can have a reaction to it, but yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's unhealthy. It's like it's like you do, you like you do or don't like cilantro. Like to some people, cilantro or ginger tastes like soap. You know. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna just check in with Brian Adams and see what he thinks about this whole. <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's Ooh. not a good thing at all, Dave. Whoops. Oh, that was a that was disappointing. Well, when I when I read that, and it, I only heard it out of context because I just heard like sort of the general comments that he made. My first thought was, "Oh, I think he he must be a vegan." <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh, he completely is. Yeah, it just, it just had that kind of like I don't know that kind of sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for scolding element that some people who like sort of embrace that sort of thing can have you know yeah that's not, a, just, not everyone but obviously some people can get a little carried away with their yeah i just i just had a little, i just had a little of that action online on a on a different subject uh but, but before we get to that uh <laughs> i always felt i what here's who i felt bad for okay uh, the whole thing because of course bats? You, know, you felt bad for bats well i felt bad you know of course like you know it just soaked in uh in uh, dog whistle racism uh but uh but then yeah the thing about you know and these bad eaters and what have you and i'm just picturing you know ozzy osbourne probably follows him on twitter <laughs> right and so he's like having a, yeah. a nice day yeah. he's starting his breakfast he's got a big bowl of bats there as he would and he's got a big uh, mug of bat yeah. blood yeah. and he's, he's about to drink it and saying hi to his lovely wife sharon yes and his children who for some reason never leave the house and and then he's really like i wonder what brian adams is up to i haven't checked in on him lately looking at that and it's like oh well how can i not take that personally then he did a he did a bat take he yep. spit all the bats <laughs> what yep bat eaters what yeah, did i do so sad and as i've mentioned before i did get trapped behind the osbournes once at a at an event and uh, they smell of cinnamon were they all there yes everyone that you'd give a damn about yes because the fascinating thing to me about that show is that there's 
There is another daughter who never was on the show. Oh, okay. No, there wasn't this. I don't think there was the spare daughter. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like she didn't want. She just didn't want to be in the show, so she never appeared on it. And she kind of. It's like she doesn't exist. I imagine <laughs> that for her, that's what she wanted. So that's perfectly yeah. fine. But I just find sense. that really fascinating. Just that sense of. To, in my mind, the Osbournes are four people. There's, you know, obviously Ozzy, Sharon, Jack, and the the sister whose name I can't remember. Although she's the one who did the most. It seems outside of the show. Um, uh, Ringo. Ringo, that's right. And then there was this other daughter, apparently. Yep. But I can't think. I can't like. I can't connect her to the family because she wasn't in the show. But the problem is, if you're going to do a reality show, and you might one day decide you're going to do a yeah, reality I've been looking show. into it. So let's, let's talk. Okay. About this. But the problem then is you've yeah. got to then mm-hmm. uh, determine what your archetype is because you can't have two people with the same personality or the same uh, yeah. beats. Yeah. And so you've got to be the doddering dad who doesn't know anything. you got to have <laughs> the wife who's screaming. Yeah. Like, what's the deal with the daughter and what's the deal with the son? Well, of course, they're both screaming uh, jerks, but they got to be different types of jerks. And okay. then you got a, another daughter. Well, what's she going to be? Yeah. The intellectual? What's she going to be? You know, the professor, you know, you don't, ugh, it's too much trouble to come up with a, a so, whole. So you're saying that it wasn't her choice, that it was the, it was the TV show's choice to not have her. I think it. it's just too high pressure when you've got that many characters mm. to come up with a fifth. It's like, you want the fantastic four. They've got, you got the hothead, you got the brute, you got the one who turns invisible and you got the arrogant mad scientist. Yeah. Perfect. And now we got a fifth one. Who's that? Uh, it's Crystal and she, I don't know uh, elemental powers who cares <laughs> no one cares about crystal take a hike get lost you know you don't want to be crystal it so, is yeah, it so- is kind of interesting with those shows when you can when you when you see the the family being poisoned by what they're doing how, how so oh just it, you know it just sort of affects them and they don't i don't think they realize it but it starts mm-hmm. to affect like just being like filmed and having to interact in that way and and then it of course, have, having to be interviewed and then the the popularity aspect of it, whether it's, you know, that kind of celebrity, but it's kind of a fake celebrity. So there's probably like a certain amount of like a feeling of, I don't know, worthlessness is the word, but it's sort of a feeling of, you know, there's undeserved acclaim, you know, well, like even no matter yeah. how big your ego is, just, you know, interacting with your parents and then becoming famous for that, you kind of would, you'd, you'd think you kind of feel like, nah. but at the same time, you start to embrace it because it's, yeah. it's great. So... Yeah, they, it does feed a certain thing. But you're Ozzy Osbourne, and he used to be like this incredible uh, rock star who was, you know, this rebel and <laughs> like, oh, that guy, dangerous. And yeah. The idea now is, the funny thing is, he's a bit of a doddering dad. And it's like, do you want, how do you feel about that? That's how people feel about you now. You know, you can go and do your crazy train, but everyone will be thinking <laughs> like, that guy could find his glasses, remember? <laughs> Remember he missed the toilet when he tried to, yeah, it's getting on. The other one that, that we watched for a while was the Gene Simmons family show. And that, family Jewels. Family Jewels, okay. And that was similar as well because I, I I remember watching it and thinking that unlike the Osbournes, I thought the kids on the Gene Simmons ones were very refreshing because they seemed much more, they seemed less aware or less interested in 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 a kind of a self-aggrandizing way like the osborns they're already like were kind of positioning themselves on that show whereas this the original like family jewels when i I, you know i only watched it for a short time but it just seemed like they were more they kind of seemed like they were a little bit removed from it if you know what i mean that they weren't taken entirely seriously and so there was a certain element of of uh, irony to to what they were doing or at least a, a sense of a sense of self you know, a sense of uh, 
realization that this wasn't like the the greatest thing in the world they were doing or like they weren't you know they weren't saving lives or anything but then and then it also seemed to poison that show as well and pretty soon they seemed to like they seemed as self-important as as their father who's extremely self-important well david uh foster also had a show uh there for a while okay and i believe out with his family yeah and then uh and it was like i think it was like some pun on foster father or some shit Uh um but like i think his kids were spoiled uh because they had all that man in motion money and um, (laughs) big money and then uh, alan thick had one as well gosh that was uh you know it was like called exceptionally thick or some horrible name like that and it was him and his wife always squabbling they were like the Bickersons, okay. but, you know, okay. he would always wear a push-up bra, and he'd be like, what am I going to do? I like uh, that, so <laughs> what am I going to do, you know? I so, don't know, be a human being? I don't know. So this was his this was his, his trophy wife, not the wife he wrote songs with and stuff like that. It wasn't Gloria Loring. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, Gloria Loring uh, divorced, uh, filed for divorce, the day that his TV show Thick of the Night got canceled, it was the exact same day. Oh, really? I uh, found out oh, my sh- the show's canceled. Oh, and I've got some papers to read. Oh, my wife's divorcing me. Oopsie doodle. <laughs> yeah. huh. My embarrassing Gloria Loring story is I went to the final uh, episode of his Canadian talk show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she, I guess she does a thing where she locks eyes with someone in the audience when she sings a song. Okay. And uh, I was that person. You were that victim. I was that Ooh, victim. Wow. So she just like, boom, locked eyes right <laughs> with me. And I was like, I can't look away. It's rude. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like watching this song while she's singing this passionate love song, disco love song, and like <laughs> right to me. And like, to the point where like people are looking at me. just like, she's singing that to you? Like, yeah. I'm a teenage man. This feels wrong. Yeah. Of the... Bead of uh, beads of sweat on your on your upper lip from this uh, the the nervousness of it all. My advice would be don't do uh don't do a reality show with your family. <laughs> good good advice. I'm not, good. Yeah, I we were gonna do one with the chickens, but I guess we'll can't, can't, we'll have to scratch that. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I want. Oh, so what would your show be called? Eggs and other items. No, um, not bad. No, something Call, uh callback uh foul play. Um, <laughs> that's good oh let's uh, see coop deville uh hang with mr coop. how um, how exciting um i don't how know how i pl- how i plucked your mother no that's not right that makes no sense whatsoever uh getting laid um <laughs> christmas with the coop yeah there's there's you know listen <laughs> yeah. they're all winners <laughs> they're all winners really i was trying to i was trying to be really bad with mine i'm glad you liked them so much no they're all they were all excellent excellent <laughs> they're all they were excellent. All excellent nice i'll just be vincent price as uh Egghead. <laughs> um uh, dave i can tell you your uh your metal situation if you'd like to know what what's going on with that uh with your microwave oh okay it's, here's what's up because it's a common question that people ask <laughs> all right so here's 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 what's up uh, although keeping metal out of a microwave is a key part of cooking safety, some yeah. models now sport a gleaming center metal rack. That's true. This is actually safe because the metal used is tuned to the metal in the cavity of the oven. The racks attach to plastic or rubber clips yeah. on the sides of the oven. And That's as right. long as the rack does not touch the walls or floor of the microwave, 
no arcing or warping will occur. Oh. So you're okay. So it is uh, it is helpful for two-level cooking. Yeah. In case you want to cook uh, two things. For uh, defrosting, it's better to put it in the defrosting. Oh, that makes sense. Or that makes sense. if you want to do some convection oven cooking, uh, some of the ovens uh, will allow you to do that. If, uh, prob- if it's a more basic model, then no. But yeah, two-level or microwave, there you go. Fascinating, yeah, because there's the there is the metal rack, and then there's also a metal tray or like a pan that's round, but it that sits on the little glass carousel that's that spins oh so strangely inside. Oh so strangely. Well, it doesn't. You do you expect it? Like if you you look at it, and you go, oh okay, I see what they're doing here. It's just going to be like a regular turn. It'll spin at a certain. No, it doesn't. It like seems to like go fast, and then it slows down, and it kind of jerks forward a little bit, and then it goes and then it jerks again <laughs> we couldn't you couldn't make that work hey okay well it seems strange but all right we're uh we're currently still trying to find someone to fix our mixer of course i can of, do uh, it can you yeah what yeah of course i can wait a minute wait a minute hold yeah. it yeah hold it hold hold all the phones yeah first of all let me say uh it was nice to see you the other day uh we did not yeah uh, that's right that talk, was really nice long. You dropped off the Australian treats. I did. I did. I've I dropped had some the off caramel koala dropped... so far. It was very, very good. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I had, uh, I had the cherry ripe. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so are you saying to me that you can fix a, uh, a stand mixer? Is this I, what you're saying? I, I'm me? saying that I most likely can fix it. Yes. That you most likely can fix it. Yeah. Okay. All right. This yeah. is very interesting because there's basically one guy in Vancouver who can fix it. And it's it's it feels creepy because he's got just his apartment and you got to drop it. And of course, we can't now because of the plague. Yeah, yeah. So if you're saying that and you're ever in the neighborhood, we will put it on the stoop <laughs> and we will leave it in your hands. Okay. And then if you uh, if you do do that, we will uh, bake you things because we're <laughs> trying because we've been doing everything by hand. Yeah, uh, yeah. For yeah. Like, long period of time. It's a bore. Um, it's certainly a bore. Yeah. A little. I, I, I have been enjoying uh, kneading. I've been enjoying that. That's okay. Kind of relaxing kneading bread for like ten sure. minutes. Well, nice. you have to knead anyway. Even if you have a dough hook, you still have to do kneading, right? Sure, but uh, I'm like thinking... it'll mix it. The dough hook will mix it, but you still need to like get it, get it down and do that, stretch it out and get the gluten stretching and everything. Okay. Yeah. Sure enough. Yeah, but that's yeah. a nice part. Right. That's kind of a nice part of, of baking, anyway. That that part of it. I'm totally new to it, and I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We did a thing. We had our uh, anniversary this uh, this weekend. Ah, congratulations! Uh, thank you very much, uh, and uh, happy best man anniversary to you. <laughs> thank you very so much. You were my uh, best man at the I reception. Was, I was co best man. That is correct. You were. There were two best men, and again, if you want to see uh, the competition between the best men, uh, it's called the best man, and it's uh, on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, we uh, we got a. Uh, dinner box from the keg which is a local uh steak place here sure and it was very nice it was very nice like quite quite pleased with how it turned out we had to make it ourselves oh you had to make it yourselves yes oh that's interesting Uh, i didn't know that was i just thought you would order it and they would come pre-cooked and then you'd nope oh so we uh so we but it it gave really good instructions on how to do everything yeah and uh, which you know, I know generally how to cook a steak, but they were good. They were really good steaks. Hmm. Um, and then it what comes kind, sorry, with, can I ask what kind of steaks they were? I believe they were New York, uh, New York cut steaks. I think. Nice. Let me uh, let me double check here. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to lie to you. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> keg, uh, the keg celebration set okay. is uh, what we do. What the hell? That is absolutely the wrong. 
that is absolutely the wrong page. <laughs> oh my gosh, not even not even close, my friend. Huh. Holy moly, this I can't even tell you how we, bad a page. We didn't that. have the liver. No, this is uh, this is ridiculous. Okay. Keg celebration. Uh, the, there we go. Keg celebration kit. There. Let's go with this. Okay. Okay. I can't even tell you. I'm so I'm so upset. At that. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, okay, I'm gonna. All right. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you exactly uh, what we got. Please do. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. Uh, so we had a New York strip loin, but you can get the fillet steaks. Okay. So we went with the New York strip loins uh, so to like the point a, where like, like a fillet we, mignon kind of thing. We yeah, we couldn't mm. eat. We couldn't eat two of them. We the, we we were full up with just one. Oh, wow. it's uh, quite good. You get the twice baked potatoes. That includes uh, bacon and the potatoes. Uh-huh. Uh, get some side vegetables there, which is your uh, red peppers and some asparagus. Uh, the keg bread. Uh, which is uh, which is uh, ready to go, but you put it in the oven for ten minutes. Okay. Uh, everything for a Caesar salad, and they had uh, the nice. cheesecake as well. Oh. And then you know they come with the olive oil and the seasoning, and they also came with you know a bottle of uh, the keg uh, Caesar Caesar salad dressing croutons, uh, steak sauce, uh, and uh, and steak spice. And yeah, it was really uh, it was fun putting it uh, all together. We uh, we used the fire pit for the first time. Okay. And that, that worked out great. Neat. So, so the potato is like it's a once baked potato, and then you bake it one more time. Is that oh, that's correct. I guess like yeah. I guess it is currently just a, a once baked potato, and then you bake it a second time. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And it's uh, I I put pictures of it up, and uh, people really admired my piping on the potatoes, and I felt really guilty. I was like, well, I didn't do the piping <laughs> on these potatoes, but I wanted to go like, but I can, I yeah. could, yeah, I, I'll I'll do it. Uh, but uh, did, uh, it was. Uh, did you do a drawing of it? I did a drawing of uh, unboxing. I, the, that's uh, what I saw. I saw that. I did not see your picture of it, I guess. I must, must have yeah, I'm still doing um, the Linda Berry Making Comics course. I'm really enjoying your drawings. So. Well, thank you so much. I look forward uh, to I've it. Put, I put them up on my Instagram, so that's at Ian Boothby. Mm. Uh, wants to see them. Uh, but every day I do... I see a, them on Facebook. Oh, that, I also put them on Facebook, but I can't uh, friend everybody on Facebook. But anyone can go look at them <laughs> yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, but I do an index card um, drawing of myself that's uh, randomly a random weird thing. Like it could be like uh, me as a caveman, uh, me digging to freedom, uh, <laughs> s- dancing sadly, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And so uh, I'll do that first and then I'll do a diary uh, entry and I've got to do seven. Have I talked about this already? What I what I put put together? Am I repeating myself? Uh, not to my knowledge. Okay, so I put together, uh, I got a list, seven things that I did the day before, Okay. Uh, seven things that I saw, uh, a quote from somebody uh, that I heard, which is tricky when you don't leave the house. That's <laughs> for sure. And then a question that's on my mind. Ah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I'll do that. And then from the uh, seven things I saw or did, ideally what I did, I draw a picture uh, of, of that, and then I have to write out underneath the picture in kind of a first person uh, present tense, uh, uh, me doing that thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I've been putting up the uh, the the drawings every day, and uh, always nervous doing it. Why? Uh, Why? Uh, because uh, uh, my drawing skills, uh, you know, I, it's, it's it's almost like I'm drawing. Like I think the things I draw look like the things that they are, yeah. But in a way that's like a dream almost. No, like they're not. It's I'm very bad at perspective. Eh. I'm very bad at certain other th- looks, aspects. Looks of great. Drawing. It looks great. I really appreciate that, and I try to. I try. I, I do try my best on them, and it's also a thing where I can't erase because I'm doing it all in pen. Okay. 
So if I do something that's the, that I screw up, I'm like, well, I'm committed to this weird <laughs> angle for how this lamp looks. And, uh, and there you go. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing those oh, every that, day. That is it, great. Has been nice. it has been nice feedback and I do appreciate it. You have a really appealing style. Thank you very much. I've always, I've always liked your drawings. I, uh, I, I enjoy sometimes when I do the drawings, uh, looking at them and things are in them. And this is something Linda Bear actually talks about. Things are in there that you did not expect mm. or you don't even feel like you really drew. Yeah. Like there's a, a drawing I did of me at the duck pond and uh, there's a crow in it. And I'm like, I don't know where that guy came from, <laughs> but I love him. I love him to the point where if I ever get a tattoo, it's probably going to be of that crow. <laughs> it's just this weird crow that's like, oh, that's interesting. And the next day I drew a squirrel. I'm like, where the hell is this weird squirrel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. She talks about that, how, uh, you know, you draw things and then things appear in your drawings that you uh, did not uh, intend to be there, but they just, you know, they just show up and you're like, okay. And much like a dream. Fascinating. Yeah, that's really, it's, it's cool. Huh. I was, I was looking back on, I was trying to find an old uh, photo uh, because it was George Lucas's birthday. And so I was trying to find a a drawing I did of Curious George Lucas, which is George Lucas as Curious George. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in going back over them, I, I was looking through all the old title cards of Seeky Dragon. Yes. And those are all just amazing. Like the they're just they're just magic. They're so good. So compliments back at you. <laughs> Thanks. Well. Yes. I have gone through them a couple times well, not a couple times, but I have gone through them in the past and uh, even I was even I was impressed. I was like, boy, this guy was really good. <laughs> Where did he go? But anyway. Sorry. Yeah, that, like I'm uh, again. I'm trying to make a little bit of a studio in the basement. I want to mm. put up some things that are, you know, uh, maybe some some frame things of our, uh, our podcast that we've done. Yeah, and you know, I, I went like, oh man, some of these title cards would be good. And I'm like, well, what to choose from? There's just <laughs> too much selection, actually. You know, you just uh, don't have room for all these things, but they're all like look so great. You know, just love to see like an art show with all these things on the wall. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, good, good on you with, uh, the arting it up. Thanks. Thanks. I was just going to say like when I look at them, I can, I, I look at them and I go, oh, this was really like cheap and easy to do. Oh, I should, why do I think I can't do this anymore? Cause really I was cheating a lot of the time. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Just to get her done, get her done. Okay. And congratulations on, um, uh, our nomination. I'm so, cause that's me too. Yeah. And, uh, and Nina on our, uh, Otter Award uh uh nomination for uh sparks speaking of art yes we've yes. done yes that's very nice it's a washington award and it's uh the otter award stands for our time to enjoy reading oh okay i yeah. thought it was like an acknowledgement of the otter as the most erudite animal and it's eating well, can... eating habit it's the most expensive animal to feed in the zoo so it, oh, oh, by far. So it's, you know, it, that pretty much reflects us. We're like the most expensive animals to feed. I am anyway. So, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I like uh, eating crab legs and holding hands. Yeah. So I'm very <laughs> much like an otter. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, congratulations to, uh, yeah, Nina Matsumoto as well. Uh, the artist on Sparks and uh, you, the colorist and uh, hey, to me as well, the writer. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's nice that this. Uh, first of all, I don't know how this is happening because the book came out two years ago. But <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to be nominated somehow for that. And uh, we've got our new book coming out uh, in August. Yes. Um, uh, called Sparks Double Dog Dare. So, uh, you know, 
hopefully uh, hopefully uh, we get nominated for some stuff for for that as well and and aren't just like uh, but it won't matter because we're still getting nominated for things years ago so it's okay we can just rest on our laurels <laughs> yes we will mwahaha <laughs> The, I was going to tell you the reason that I, a little earlier I hurt myself. The reason I hurt myself was because I we talked about it. And I hurt my fingers and they got all bruised, my fingernails. And then I did that that thing that happens where like you know the bruise travels up your fingernail and then your fingernails are all black and blue. But then what follows after that is that your fingernails die because um, as it, as the bruise travels up, it cuts off the blood circulation to your nails, and so then your nails die. And then you have uh. new, then you have new nails growing underneath them. Okay. But then you have this painful period where you're like Seth Brundle, the Jeff Goldblum character from The Fly, where okay. you've got these these nails that are like ready to come off that are growing on top of the other. So they're still they're still attached to the top of your of your fingernail. I think our friend uh, Branwyn Bigglestone had this with her, her toenails. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. This happened with my pinky a little while ago. So now, I've, but now I've got it with two fingers. Both of them have this um, half stuck to me nail that's coming off from the bottom, but the top of it is still attached. Where you, like where you cut your fingernail, like you cut your fingernails, it's still attached there. So I can't like take them off yet. So, but if I bump my finger, it pulls that nail up, and it's quite painful. So I'm not, I'm not really enjoying it. It's good at work that I wear gloves because then I don't have to worry about it. But uh, it's ugh. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Eh, all things pass. That's that's the important thing. I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't had that kind of issue since I was uh, a kid. But when I was a kid, I was losing nails quite a bit because I would do dumb things. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I. It's not. You know what? I did even working where I've worked for so many years. I think I've had one incident in the past. Maybe the first year I was there, where. Uh, a heavy solid shaft of metal like it's like a one inch round piece of metal rolled and i stupidly tried to catch it with my hand rather than just let oh, it walk down and it kind of landed on my hand and it it you know squished my fingers and i got a bit of a bruise but nothing like this dramatic like this in this last little while i've had my pinky it happened with my pinky and now these two fingers so uh, i don't know hopefully uh, hopefully i'm 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 going to be free of this for a little while. But actually, now, I, now that I say that, I'm looking at my ring finger on my left hand, and I have a bruise there as well in the nail. Oh, so no. I, seem to be, I can't seem to escape this problem. Oh, well. Okay. Well, just be be, be careful. I'm uh, oh, worried for your hands. Well, Come on. You're worried. I am. I'm worried, it's too. It's true. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, you're a concert pianist, and we, they're precious. I'm a what? Okay. A concert pianist. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning, you know, you go to concerts, act like a dick. What? What am I? <laughs> True words have never been spoken. No, fair. No I, no, I think I was a kid and like I decided, hey, you know what I'll do? I'll do a Tom and Jerry move. Like so many times uh, when I was a kid, I would get injured badly uh, doing cartoon moves. Like I decided once to do like a flat back fall, uh, Wile E. Coyote style onto the ground. Okay. And so I did that on the cement floor oh. and uh, ended up at the emergency uh yeah that was it that was really something um and uh then i think once i was like trying to do a tom and jerry okay and i was like uh okay what i'll do is i'll jump to this fence but i'll use my claws to grab onto the fence oh. and I'll slide down on my with my claws oh. and uh yeah it didn't work well i'm, I'm dying I over here a fingernail or two yeah it was not uh great <laughs> you know and uh you know, and I was like, you know what? I, I don't even like Tom and Jerry. This, this, this is the awful thing, and I don't like Wally Coyote either. 
So Oh, you hmm. don't. Not really. Well, wait. I do like Wally Coyote when he's uh when he's talking. I like the talking uh, version of yeah, Wally. Coyote. Yeah. The early version. Ah, well, yeah. Um Roadrunner and Coyote, you're quite in Roadrunner They they um the they're a bit repetitive. There's a certain redundancy to them. I you know, the reason they did them was because they were cheap and so they could put, throw more money into other other cartoons. Yeah. So you, you would have a what's opera doc if there wasn't if it wasn't for you know uh, Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons, but at the same time, I agree with you. It got wonder, worse. It got worse though when they were just made for television, because then that was just like a that oh, was just like an assembly line. I just wonder if they could forth. do a, you know like um, uh, while you know Roadrunner cartoons, yeah. you could play them in any country because you know aside from the signs that they hold up, yeah, uh, it is all you know just uh, visual humor, so you don't have to worry about all the verbal stuff, and mm-hmm. they and they never age because everything is timeless. Yeah, in a in a Roadrunner cartoon, I can't think of one Roadrunner cartoon that in any way even has like a hint of racism uh, to or or old. I don't want to say racism, but like old racially insensitive imagery. Yeah, as many of the other cartoons do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like none of the, it's none of that. It's all just like yeah. you know, clean and uh, there you go. Yeah, the problem is, is that everywhere else in the world they have a highly developed sense of humor. Ah, so it just won't, just can't translate. Even Norway. Even. <laughs> Well, no, Norway is fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. They I do play in Norway. I do want to, at some point, do my uh, Wile E. Coyote fan fiction story. Which is? Where, which is you find out that he is uh, actually Acme. Like the genius, because there's two Wile E. Coyotes. There's a Wile E. Coyote that chases the Roadrunner and orders stuff from uh, Acme. Yeah. But there's also the ro- the Coyote that builds his own stuff. And that's the guy that like goes up against Bugs Bunny. But you're letting you never see the Roadrunner Coyote building his own stuff. He's always ordering elaborate, weird machinery. So like, oh, that's a little discrepancy. So my, but but when he's uh, Roadrunner Coyote, he never talks. Yeah. When he's uh, Bugs Bunny Coyote, he never shuts up. <laughs> so my feeling is is that he is actually self-sabotaging himself by sending... Uh, he orders stuff from himself, okay. not realizing it. Yeah. But there is a clue, uh, and that clue is the name ACME, A-C-M-E, which actually stands for yeah. a coyote me. <laughs> okay. And so he's got a little self-loathing. Yeah. So he always like uh, at you know at night he becomes the uh, intellectual coyote, uh. and he sent and that's when he ships the stuff. Because also, how the fuck are they shipping stuff to the desert? Who knows where this coyote is? Yeah. The only one who would know the coyote. And so yeah, he uh, you know when he's uh, the, the genius coyote, he's always shipping stuff to himself. Don't they? Doesn't he have it shipped RFD? That popular crossword puzzle. Clue. Oh, well, he, he, rural, he, rural free delivery. I don't. I I, I could not tell you. Uh, and uh, I do. I did like the the Roadrunner. Uh, like the uh, there was also sorry. There was also the weird ones where Bugs Bunny uh, would take the place of the Roadrunner. There weren't the typical Roadrunner. Uh, sorry, weren't the typical Bugs Bunny Wild Coyote ones where they're trying to outsmart each other. Yeah, they were the ones where like uh, Roadrunner needed a vacation, so I'm uh, I'm taking speed. <laughs> and uh, and and that and that point, he's dealing with quiet uh, coyote. Yeah, yeah, uh, doing his uh, doing his thing. Huh. But he's got power of incredible speed. And then later on, yep. you'd have uh, Speedy Gonzalez and the Roadrunner being chased by uh, Wally Coyote and Sylvester. And by that point, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
this yeah. you're you've gone past my you've gone past what i mean i you know what i'm actually was a fan of tom and jerry i'm not like it was no bugs bunny you know and i was much much happier if it was a droopy cartoon rather right. than tom and jerry now you're talking about when he was like when they were like hanging out with willy wonka right who tom those, and jerry. Are, <laughs> those yeah, are the that's best what you're talking about those right? are the best ones mm. yeah that Willy Wonka movie is strange because it's clearly a, it's, <laughs> it's clearly like just an animated version of the Gene Wilder one. Like it's not plus it's not it's plus, not it's not a, like it's not a faithful adaptation of the book. It's just, it's just a copy of the movie of the book with the same songs. Yeah, yeah. But here's my question, and again, I haven't watched all the way through, but they can't possibly have that scene in the uh, in the boat uh, with all the horrific imagery. And talking are uh, the fires of hell expanding. They do, know, they, they do. In the in in the Tom and Jerry one, yeah, they have a chicken's head getting cut off. Oh, I don't know about all the. I don't know about going over a guy's face. I don't know about all the imagery, but yeah, it 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 copies it pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Dear Lord, okay. That's so a, you watch the whole thing? No, no, I just I just watch selections. Oh my gosh, I have a life, sir. Okay, but what they did do was definitely copy. Uh, scenes from yeah. the old Tom and Jerry's that you're talking about, because yeah. I recognize them from the old uh, from the old Tom and Jerry's. Mm. Yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of copying going on in that. <laughs> so what's a, what's a, what's a good Tom and Jerry cartoon? What's a good Tom? I mean, I don't really know any names of them, but the one I like the best is the one where Tom chases Jerry around and <laughs> they break things. It's oh, a good one. Uh, How about the one where uh, Tom ends up getting uh, his head cut off at the end? No, Remember that one. There's no not one like that, is there? Yes, there is. Uh, that's the one. I'm trying to remember who was who was saying this, but someone someone talked to um, uh, Joseph Barbera. Yeah, it's William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, and was saying like, oh, I think it was Paul Dini. I think it was Paul Dini, and he was saying to him, you know, I love Tom and Jerry cartoons. Always loved them. Uh, but there was one, and, uh, and 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 he went like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one it is. Paul for a pussycat. It's like, yeah, that's the one. And it was a French Revolution, and uh, and and so Tom is a is a is trying to catch uh, uh, Jerry and I guess the little mouse Tuffy, whatever his name is. Okay. Uh, and and uh, and by the end of it, uh, because he fails, he gets executed. So ah. but they they show from they're looking up while they're uh, so it's Jerry and Tuffy eating uh, food with big fat bellies, and then they uh, look up. And they see uh, the guillotine like above a wall, <laughs> and then they just see it come down, shakunk, and they both have a moment of silence where they go, "Pauvre pussycat." That's Pauvre right. I do remember that one. You're right. And yeah. then they and then they shrug their shoulders. Vive la France. Well, you know, he yeah. got he got what was coming to him that aristocrat, or I should say, aristocrat. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't think he had. He wasn't a rich guy. It was just. A oh no, he was there. obviously obviously you know. Hatheads. Yeah, I mean, pretty, uh, you know, like privilege has to pay. You know, like that was that was the time. You know, what can you say? It was they didn't call it the reign of de- uh, reign of terror for nothing. <laughs> sorry that it. I'm sorry that it offended your cartoon sensibilities. There was a. I remember there was an episode. Let's call it historically accurate. <laughs> there was an episode of Bewitched where they had a beheading as well, uh. and they they showed it. I guess in a comedy way, but it was sure. like Darren's head. Through the uh, through the hole, yeah. and then uh, the next scene, the um, the blade is gone. Like it's in, it's an instant cut to the blade yeah. being what his head would be, and it's like shunk, and it was a dream sequence or some uh, such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's uh, Sam going, oh, ah! uh, but uh, oh boy, that uh, messed me up as a kid. Huh. I don't uh, didn't really watch that show, but um, 
No, you know, I, I wonder if that was kind of, you know, they did that one, the the Strauss one, I think it was, uh, Strauss for a Mouse, okay. wh- where, where, where Jerry is kind of the, the muse or mouse, if you prefer, for Johann oh, Strauss. That's nice. Okay. And that one won an Oscar, right? Like they won an Oscar yeah, for they, that one. Feels like they were giving away Oscars at that point, but and yeah, okay. S- and so, well, they weren't going to give it to any Warner Brothers ones. Those were just for for low people. This was like classy cartoons. So it's all about the, the creation of the waltz. And so then, uh, although at the time the waltz was a very racy dance, but uh, uh, they got an Oscar for that. And maybe like this, the French Revolution one was kind of like they're still trying to like gets you know trying to mine for more gold you know they think well yeah class, class it up that one that the one where we had him like you know showing how the the, the waltz happened that one got a lot of got a play so let's do one with the french revolution everyone likes everyone likes a tale of two cities we'll call it a tale of two kitties and then later on um uh, some other uh, books would uh, use that and then that would be a uh, a dog man is it is that what it is it's dog man i think so i should know this they're, they're with the same company we are uh and uh and bless them bless them all they're so great every book but i believe a tale of two kitties is a uh, is a very very popular oh um, i didn't realize that yeah dog dog man i think uh, oh my god or is it, a, or is it a popular there's no justification for me not knowing that is it, is it dog man or is it captain underpants tell me which it was the uh both okay both. he does both he does yeah. them both that's true yeah they're both incredibly successful and they keep the lights on at the old Scholastic uh, factory. <laughs> and uh, I, re- I tip my hat to them, sir. You're not and I complain. say thank you. It's a pleasure being part of the same company. He, Hooray huzzah to Lou Talay. He, he found a seam of gold and he has mined it very, very carefully. Sure. And with great sure. fervor. I, I ain't against uh, seam mining. mining. I'll, uh, if I find a seam... I'm a, I'm a mine in it as well. But those books aren't graphic <laughs> novels, right? They're like picture books because they have writing in them. Yeah, I think so. I think that does fall under a different thing. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was going to say that I was recently judging some books, but I'm 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 not saying that because that's all secret. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing for me. Okay, I judged the Otter books, which is why we're on the list. That's why. I, I, they said, like, is it from years ago? And I went, like, I don't know. Never seen it before. I just know it's brilliant, I tell you. Brilliant. Uh, so let's put it on the list. <laughs> Who wrote it? Never mind. It doesn't matter. Someone, some Canadian guy. I don't know. They, it's a collective up there, I'm sure. They're all socialist. Uh, who knows? Very social. Look at that art, though. It's great. Look at these colors. That's what, get, got a, that's what gets them. Uh, yeah, we got a nice review for the for the next Sparks book. Uh, from a woman who uh, really did compliment uh, the colors in the, in the book. Yes, and, uh, yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Saying she's not seen colors like that since her uh, pants in the seventies. Her plaid pants from the nineteen seventies. Yeah, she said a mix of certain colors together. I haven't, yep. I haven't seen a, as effective a mix of pink, green, and something other else as since my uh, plaid pants in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, madam, you have dated yourself. Yeah, and Dave, I don't know what you were smoking when you came up with those colors, but right on, man, <laughs> right. On. I, well, I'll tell you, it was it was uh, Nina who came up with the colors. So <laughs> I just I just took it from there. Yeah, but you took it well. Thank you, thank you. So so uh, good on you and good on you. Uh, just going back a little tiny bit, uh, we were talking about the uh, uh, we're talking about uh, Ozzy Osbourne and all these reality. That's shows. too far back. Too far back. No, no, no. Because there was a point that I wanted to bring up, okay. uh, which was which was yeah. uh, how, you know, they get uh, bitter and it gets like raw. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking like, 
well, who am I to judge on this? Yeah. You know, I do a weekly podcast uh, <laughs> with uh, with my friend who yeah. I and if there's something going on in our lives, yeah, we will if if it's not something that is uh, harmful for someone that we love to know, you know, to be revealed, yeah, we will talk about it. Sure. And we've talked about many a personal thing in our lives. Yeah. Uh, here, I was like, oh well, you know, we do that, and then I thought, oh, let counter what I just thought. Uh, but the things that they're doing on the Ozzy Osbourne show are bullshit. Yeah, like they're setting up false strength. That's right, exactly. And yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah. and making people have false fights and just and and pumping it up and throwing. You know, you and I don't throw wine in each other's faces very often. Uh, so yeah, no. I think it's a little bit different. No, if more. you're being on, if you're being generally honest, yeah, uh, then uh, it's not going to be as uh, toxic to your uh, to your system as uh, being in a reality show. Well, you know, I'm a fan of honesty. Yeah, and I know sometimes when we talk, the honesty is too much. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Because <laughs> we can't touch anymore because of, you know, the, the, the thing. Yeah, we only have honesty now. Which yeah, can, you which... know what? Here's the thing. Yep. People can't hug, but we can put metal in microwaves now? Yeah. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Did we lose a war? Everything's backwards. <laughs> That's, it's what, crazy. That's what happens with wars. If you lose a war, everything goes backwards. Everything goes backwards. Yeah. Day becomes night. You're drinking orange juice for dinner. Yeah, it's all... <laughs> Lucy goosey yeah you, you you got chickens for some reason i do have chickens. what yeah that doesn't sound like you <laughs> you right that's not something you do you're like a a hard rocking guy yeah you're like a rock and roll music and going to horror movies and uh, that kind of guy that's you that's it's me. like what do you does that look like dave is a farmer no <laughs> but apparently well, you've got a couple of chickens now it's for my reality show all cooped up Oh, that's what it. That's exactly what it should be called. Okay, fair enough. For the for this pandemic, yeah, it's me, yeah, the family, two chickens in the same house. You know what though? Yeah. One uh, little chick talk. You ready for this? Okay. Well, wait a second. All right. Uh, who funny. does the balking? Oh, I'll do it. Talking? You ready? Here we go. Okay. Chick talk. <laughs> nice. So, um, this here's a weird thing. So three days ago, I was okay. I was putting the chickens away at night. Actually, I do every night because they are idiots and they go they go and uh, roost on the steps which is where they got attacked by a raccoon last summer but they've forgotten about that haven't they so <laughs> i have to go out every night and i just i pick them up and i put them into their run and close the door and they go into their coop but i went out there three nights ago and there's this one chicken there i'm like oh where's the other chicken so it was actually it was kind of it was still you know it was dusk so i could, I, I walked around the, the yard i looked for this chicken right first of all you're thinking that one chicken has eaten the other chicken that's my, my first thought exactly okay they've turducken themselves yes that's okay. what they do they do that so then i'm looking around for this other chicken uh i hadn't quite occurred to me yet that they'd eaten each other so i was still looking for them uh okay. walked down the side of the down this one side of the house walked around the backyard looked you know behind some trees went checked very very uh casually into the mustang tent which i still for what is i'm just so dainty i can't bring myself to like kneel down and look under the the, the mustang because it's wet out and I'll get my pants dirty. So I just never do. Right. So anyway, so I looked around. So you lay down some doilies. Yes, okay. I lay down some doilies. No, I just kind of looked in there and, and I made some noise, hoping that she would cluck if she was there, but no sounds. Uh-oh. So I just put I just put the one chicken away because this has happened in the past. And so I figured, well, this is fine. The chicken will show up tomorrow. So I put the chicken away. And uh, next morning, voila, there's one chicken in the in the run the other chickens walking around the yard so i just opened let the other chicken out and they started hanging out together okay. then that night 
same thing again. I go to put the chicken away, the other chicken's gone. So I wasn't worried at all then. I was just like, kind of like, oh, well, whatever. So I just put this one chicken away and then I left, let the other chicken. You got a real turn. bird in the hand situation. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, a bird in the hand is worth one bird in the bush. So then, right, and you don't count your chickens uh, unless you got both of them. Well, I do count them. Gotcha. I do count them, but it's okay. very, it's very easy. It's just one chicken. So then, uh, next morning, no chicken. Oh, no other chicken. So then I'm like, oh, oh dear. Okay. So I didn't see it all day, or in the night. Uh-oh. Or, uh, yeah. So when I went put the other chicken away, still no other chicken. So then I was kind of worried. So I went looking around again. And I was looking, what I was looking for was for feathers. <laughs> I was afraid that she got attacked yeah. by a, by a, maybe a, a passing falcon or something like that, or an owl, who knows, right? Or, or a cat. Well, cats tend to stay away from the chickens because the chickens are pretty big. Um, but anyway, something, raccoon maybe, raccoons have attacked me before. So, so I was a little concerned, but there's no, no sign, no sign at all. So I was like, okay, well, see what, see what's going on. Maybe she's like wandered away. And then this morning, uh, sub, we'll do a little, um, We'll do a little, uh, d- um, what do we say? We're going to do a little uh, uh, spin-off to deck talk here. Because I had to get my, okay. I had to take the tarp off the deck this morning because the deck guy was coming to take a look at it to write up another quote for us because our old quote had expired. And uh, so so I was doing that and I opened the door and who's there? Chicken. Chicken's there. Oh. So there's a chicken in the run and there's a chicken o- on the deck. She came to supervise, of course, came to supervise Lisa. And... Um, so yeah, so I was we were pretty excited, but she's disappeared again. So I don't know where she is. Oh my gosh! I don't know what she's doing. This, this, uh, Lisa said she ate a bunch. She was super hungry. She just ate and ate and ate, and then she just disappeared again. So I really feel like I think she's I think she's brooding right now. So I think she's got like a pile of eggs somewhere, and she's really guarding them from us. So okay, we may we may not get those eggs because I don't know where they are. I've looked all over the. All place. right, so I think it's time to get a GoPro and uh, attach it to your chicken. Yeah, that's a good idea. Find out what's going on here. Where are these eggs? Yeah. No, that sounds exciting. Like, I feel this is your reality show. Is like, <laughs> that every week it's like your family has to find where the eggs are. And, and the audience can, like, be, like, trying to help and just, like, look under the this and have you check the roof. Yeah. And uh, such things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where, like, the magic bucket is so regularly producing eggs. So I feel like that's the other chicken that doesn't bother hiding. Okay. So that she is just laying them in the bucket and not worrying about them. But this other chicken is very concerned about keeping her eggs. Now, have you uh, ever missed the eggs to the point where they went bad? No, not so far. The last okay. last time we found them, which was also in the Mustang tent, she had found a little. We have some wood stored in there, and she found a little cranny in there to to uh, lay her eggs in. Uh, we found those ones. Those are the ones we had to wash carefully because they were okay quite dirty because they had been pooped on and. One had got one had gotten broken, and so there was a lot of egg yolk spread all over the other ones, and the <clears throat> then right. dirt, then dirt and, and debris got stuck to them. So those ones had to be carefully washed, which we described. I won't describe again. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery, all right. We don't have a big yard, you know. It's big. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, like where where can she go? I th- mm, yeah, I wish there was a way that you could train one of your dogs to find them without <laughs> wanting to eat them. eat them and proudly bring it over. Yeah, and just like you know, here, uh, get here's the scent here of the go. egg. Go, 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 get him. And because you know, yeah, yeah, where could it be? It's exciting. Okay, well, you know, this is a good uh, little bit of suspense till tomorrow, yeah. or till next episode. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see. Yes, okay. I'll report. I'll report back soon. What's going on? Yeah, I wish you could do like uh, I don't want people to rob your place, 
but it would be nice if you could have like sort of a layout of your house and people could try and guess where <laughs> they were. Well, where are they going to rob my place? Well, you know, they might see the layout of the house and go like, oh, oh that's how I break in. Oh, okay. You know, okay. I'll, just, I'll, I'll break in and I'll get, you know, he's obviously got a lot of good books, probably has some good albums. Uh, <laughs> I, do. I, I could, I could steal a couple of chickens. You know, maybe a fox is listening to our show. That's true. And the fox is like going like, oh, man, I could go for those chickens. If you only just let me know where those chickens are. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like, oh, I told me. Oh, that's great. And then it just, <laughs> the fox breaks into your house. And uh, and there you go. And they're like, But then the fox is also uh, on our Patreon thing. And I'm like, well, we don't want to really <laughs> piss off the fox. He's a regular Patreon. Yes. So, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, but well, he... we appreciate that. Box, yeah, and but... also to be fair, he's paying at the chicken tier, so he's at that level. So, yeah. oh, so he can take. A yeah, chicken he can take a chicken to. anyway. So, I'm going to take a little uh, a moment now to to turn to our uh, letters, and then we'll have a little more time letters. near the end for our free form. Okay. Uh, we got eight letters this time around. Do we have any letters from other sources? I know we've got letters from people who are uh, submitting to our questions episode. Yeah, we'll save them, which for is that, of course. Yeah. episode 450. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who's been doing that. Mm -hmm. We'll tell you more about that in just a little bit. Um, but, uh, our, we had some questions last week, which were, uh, what food don't you like very much, but are okay, uh, with mixed in with other food. Also, what horror movie remake is better than the original? Oh, I do think we got some, uh, uh thing on that. From yes. Gavin. I will look That's that like up. Too far. Yeah. Yeah. Other, otherwise. And then we got a sub-sub question. Hmm. Uh, tell us about a monomaniacal project you've done or in the midst of doing, like uh, the listener Todd's Twilight Zone rewatch or Dave's Trollopathon. So uh, those are the questions. But hey, we'll, uh, you know, you can write about whatever you want. Uh, by the way, Jada, by the way, go ahead. It's pronounced Trollopathon. Oh, I apologize. That's fine. To our listeners for having to listen to that correction. Um, <laughs> Jada Jackman writes, Hello, Dave and Ian. Oh. Uh, I finally decided after months of hearing you ask listeners questions that I'd chime in. Well, I'm very glad you did. Yeah, thank you. Uh, now, now that college is over and I have no excuse. Um, first, about the food. For me, it is the classic broccoli. I don't understand how people eat it on its own. And I don't know how people eat it plain, but in stir fry or with pasta, it is pretty tasty. Agreed. Though I do actually like it on its own, too. I like it just steamed. Um, for the <laughs> second question, uh, not that you were asking me what I felt about broccoli. I'm just jumping in. Uh, for the second question. You, you like it steamed, uh, did like, you say? I do like it steamed. Yeah, yes. that's my favorite. A little, little bit of salt there, maybe a little Parmesan cheese on it. I just, mm -hmm. I, to be honest, I, I, I prefer all my vegetables, except for carrots, uh, just naked. Oh. Naked. Oh. All right. <laughs> oh. Uh, for the uh, second question, uh, yeah. like you said in your example, I went through a huge Beatle phase. Uh, during this time, I went through all the Beatles records in order with the help of Completely Beatles. Thank you very much. Uh, watched old interviews, then watched all of the films. And finally, listened to the Anthology uh, Revisited podcast. Uh, this happened over the course of a summer. I was 17 at the time, so I had all the time in the world. <laughs> it was a bit of a domino effect. Uh, once I had gone through the Beatles discography, I listened to other 70s artists, uh, 60s artists, then 70s artists, and so on. Right now, uh, I also find myself with extra time on my hands and have begun trying to listen through most of the 70s prog scene. Oh. I have been uh, listening to Yes for a couple of years, actually after Dave played Heart of the Sunrise on his Five Songs About Sun playlist, I was hooked. Cool. Anyway. 
If anyone has recommendations, please let me know. I'm betting Dave does, but I'm going to read the last part of your letter. Uh, <laughs> uh, lastly, for last week's uh, last week questions, oh, I am uh, shocked that no one said baguette. I have never tasted a bread more delicious than a baguette from the streets <laughs> of Paris. I could eat 12 a day, uh, or as they call there, 12. Uh, also, I eat pierogies with sour cream. I assumed this was normal. You are normal. That is normal. That is very normal. Eating dry is, uh, is an interesting new thing that uh, we've just heard about. Yeah, it's so, uh, totally new and you never, never heard before. Any prog uh, recommendations for Jada, Dave? Well, I'm gonna make one. I'm gonna make one recommendation. I I don't want to. Uh, and that recommendation, and this will this might be surprising to some people, but um, I'm going to recommend. Oh, sorry, I've got the wrong album here. One <laughs> I'm second. I'm gonna recommend this air compressor. <laughs> I'm gonna recommend the Genesis album Trespass. Um, it's a, you know it's a prog album because it's a complete album with only six songs on it. But it has my favorite Genesis song on it, which is called Stagnation. And uh, so I highly recommend that album. That album, again, is Trespass by Genesis. This is the Peter Gabriel Genesis, not the later Phil Collins pop pop uh, Genesis. This is the prog Genesis of the early 70s, when it was full of... This is also not full of Genesis from the Bible. This yeah. is not Genesis from the Bible, or Genesis P. Orridge from Throbbing Gristle. Is okay. Let me just ask you this then. Yep. It, this is not the Sega Genesis. It is not the Sega uh, Genesis game system. That's that right. you're correct. It is not the Genesis uh, Hyundai sports car either. Yeah. Okay. So if I turned if I turned on this album, it wouldn't go Sega. It wouldn't do that. <laughs> it would not do that at all. All right. No. So that would be the difference. That's how you'd know the difference if yeah. you're listening to Genesis, the album. Yeah. And also, a Sonic video game would not start playing. Yes. Very good. Okay. And by the way, do, correct do, the correct pronunciation do, is Genesis. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I just want to say one other thing. Sorry. Sega. Say oh, sorry. Say that again. Uh, I was also pronounced Sega. Sega. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say that uh, I think it's been a while since Jada wrote to us. I believe the last time she wrote to us was for our 350th episode of the question and answer show so jada write another question well you know what you said to her last time <laughs> i just was perfectly polite in my in my own okay. way you said don't write back until you've listened to every beatles thing <laughs> if you've seen every beatles uh that's movie. true i did say that and then uh, maybe some 70s prog that's right i said and, until uh, you develop a taste for prog don't bother darkening our door again and Sarah did. Walsh. Oh, and go ahead. Sarah Walsh writes us and says, "Well, first off, thank you for the glowing <laughs> review for uh, buying my whole discog discography. You're welcome. And for the plug and Ian's pull quote, which I will definitely be putting on my page as soon as I make a graphic for it. <laughs> oh, you, um, David, you were spot on. Oh, yeah. My uh, uh, my base uh, Colin is indeed named after Colin Molding." Uh, I also love that you picked up on that Carl Perkins reference. Uh, I looked up uh, the Jesus of Cool album cover, and it is eerily similar. Maybe I subconsciously stole the idea. Huh. Nick Lowe kept popping in my uh, uh, up in, up in my periphery, uh, but I never make the effort to dive any deeper uh, than this handful of hits I've heard. Hmm. Uh, I need to get on that. Yes, you do. Uh, uh, anyway, thanks again. I'm uh, glad you liked it, and you definitely have permission to play my stuff on the show. Oh, there cool. we go. Great. Thank you. Um, uh, oh, and while I'm here, <laughs> are you? Uh, I'll answer the sub-sub question. 
I actually uh, have a major thing about watching or listening to all of something in the correct chronological order. So I do this a lot for bonus points. I even did this with Sneaky Dragon. I found you during the Completely Beatles run, listened to one or two regular episodes to see if it was worth following. Then I went right back to the very beginning and listened to every episode. Oh, she left wow. out, She left out a word in that sentence. What was that? She said uh, to find out if it was worth listening to. And then I went back and listened from the beginning anyway. So, yeah. Oh, More. Dave, come on. <laughs> Take a compliment. <laughs> You're right. I guess, guess I got it. guess I got to Damn it. And speaking of compliments, uh-huh. Chris Roberts uh, then responded to Sarah saying, Sarah, your songs are fabulous. That's great. And that's totally right. Um, though though uh, Chris's image is uh, Mr. Fantastic, I would say he should have said his songs are fantastic. But he said fabulous. And, uh, you know, it seems off brand. A little on the nose, Ian. Okay. Liam writes, <laughs> my latest monomaniacal project has been watching all of the James Bond movies for the first time. Wow. My review is that Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best James Bond movie ever made. <laughs> uh, runners up are Goldfinger, okay. Golden Eye, and Casino Royale. Hmm. Also, it's been great to finally listen to the James Bonding podcast and hear what originally inspired Completely Beatles. Yeah, we enjoyed that uh, podcast. That definitely was the inspiration for Completely Beatles. It certainly and the was. Weird thing, and the weird thing was we did Completely Beatles in the break before they kind of finished doing James Bonding. And now I think they're doing it again or they've done it again yeah, or some yeah. such. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Don't follow the same anymore. But yeah, but, it's uh, funny. It, it inspired it in a couple of ways. One is it, it kind of inspired the format for us. But also they're kind of, I don't call it lazy, but they're kind of, uh, you know, kind of a matter of fact attitude to like research and having like trivia on hand to like throw in when they're talking about the films. That's what it sort of inspired me to like really research completely Beatles. Because I just felt like, like I like the idea of James Bonding, but I felt I felt that they didn't bring enough that wasn't just sort of their opinions to the table, you know. So I decided to go insane. <laughs> go the complete opposite of that. But yeah. The, the deepest of dives. The very deepest uh, of You dives. also listed uh, my favorite James Bond movies for the most part. Though, oh, what else missed, do I like? Missed James my Bond? favorite James Bond film. Which one is that? Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is the best James Bond movie. Okay, so Dave is a little bit of a dry pierogi on that, in that <laughs> it is an unusual opinion. I don't think it's an unusual opinion. I think that's a fairly common opinion amongst, nope, nope, amongst that is not a, the connoisseurs. No, no, but amongst people who know their James Bond, really know their James Bond. Okay. That is that is the common opinion. All right. All right. Uh, that's what <laughs> Dave just said. So that's what he said. I find the James uh, Bond films... I would find watching them in in uh, chronological order of being made. I find that really frustrating because they did not make the movies in the order of the books. So it just it drives me bananas that there are these kind of weird continuity things because they they film them in in this kind of slap slapdash order. You know, like they did one. You know, they did the fifth book and then the third book. Then they would do the first. They didn't do the first. The, the, the first book wasn't even done by them. It was done for uh, some other things. So they didn't, they didn't even have that in their in their arsenal. But even that, you know, you could, they still could have gone on like in some sort of like the because the books kind of follow like a, a a a continuity, you know, like like the things progress through books, you know. So when you get to like um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service and you know the kind of conclusion of that, the next book picks up on that and carries on with that kind of story. Whereas the movies really sort of drop the ball on a lot of that kind of stuff, like the the perfunctory 
um, conclusion in the next film, I guess Diamonds Are Forever to Honor Majesty's Secret Service is very disappointing. Just things like that. I just find it kind of eh, maddening. Maddening is the word I'm looking for. I'm not even a huge continuity buff, but I at least want you at least want them to like like go in the order of the books. Like it just yeah. That's what yeah, I, smarten up, James Bond. That's how I feel. <laughs> smarten up Eon Productions. Because even Eon Productions did it. They started with Casino Royale, and you're like, oh, maybe they're going to make remake the movies? Because like, that would be kind of cool like to get like a modern take on Dr. No and Goldfinger and stuff like that. You know, because Casino Royale is, is a modern update. Like, it doesn't bother with all that Banco nonsense. It goes goes really for like the lowest common denominator poker game of of whatever it is, yeah, Texas Hold'em. that we can understand. <laughs> That's yeah. right. This is for the dummies out there us and uh yeah but i mean they could have done that with other films you know but they didn't they went off they immediately went to quantum of solace which was a snooze fest and then just skyfall was a slight improvement on that but just because it was an improvement on quantum of solace doesn't make it a good movie and then it's just carried on downhill since then it's interesting the idea of raiders of the lost ark as a james bond movie and that you know the government does approach him mm-hmm. you know to to solve this problem to deal with this thing yeah and he's an expert and James Bond is always an expert yeah. on everything, uh, <laughs> so that part works. Uh, except James Bond, I, has there been a James Bond where he uh, meets a woman from his past, or is it always a new woman? Because that's the one thing that didn't feel very James Bondy is like yeah. you know it's not like there's usually he has history with anybody. Oh, mm. uh, one second, someone is yelling at me. Yes, Terry Hatcher. He had a history with her. All right, apparently uh, in uh, that movie, uh, The World is Not Enough, I believe he had a history with Terry Hatcher as uh, my wife is yelling at me from the other room. <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't want to fight. Sure. So, uh, you know, there pick, we go. Pick your battles, man. Uh, if anyone out there knows as well, uh, another situation there. I'm going to move on because, uh, you know, listen, I, 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 I don't need trouble. I can't leave the house. <laughs> I can't I can't start a fight right now. Because oh my God, could you imagine I'd be living on the roof? Um, well, I'm glad talk- then. I'm glad then you've decided to agree with me that Honor Majesty's Secret Secret Service is the best James Bond film. You don't live with me, uh, Todd <laughs> writes. Damn it! Go find your eggs, uh, Todd, Todd writes. <laughs> more maybe more sci-fi than horror, but for my money, the 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake is much better than the 50s original. Hmm. Or maybe I'm just partial to Donald Sutherland. Uh, Dave has inspired me to give Trollope a try. I probably won't read all of his books, but I'm sure I could manage one. Any recommendations on his overall best or <laughs> best standalone novel? Out of his 47 novels, which which are the best? Yeah. What's your What's your try a Trollope? What's your Trollope a try? Uh, the one I I've recommended before with with success is one of my favorite novels by him, which is called Can You Forgive Her, um, which is. It is part of, I believe it's part of one of his series, but it's not, even the ones that are part of the series are all standalone. Like you can read them quite happily without knowing anything about them. I think that's a very good one. I think Dr. Thorne is a lot of fun, but Can You Forgive Her has some wonderful scenes and it's a story about a, a woman who jilts her fiance. She breaks her engagement uh, for reasons that she feels are um, very, you know, um, very... Um, honorable but she kind of gets led down a, a garden path and there's some great sequences in the in the book and and yeah it's fantastic and Trollope could write you know for a guy for a man who is basically like a he seems to me like kind of like a I don't know how to describe him he seems he seems like kind of like 
I don't know how you describe him. Like he's sort of like a boisterous man's man kind of a person, but his man's man is kind of like, you know, he's like trying too hard man's man, if you know what I mean. Okay. Just because he was bullied a lot as a kid uh, growing up. And so he, I think he kind of tried to overcompensate for that in his, when he's older. But, um, but for someone like that, he could write women so um, with such empathy. It's amazing. And he's, you know, I'm actually was re- I'm reading a book right now called English Humor by J.B. Priestley, and he says in there he has a kind of a recipe for humor in there. And one of the things one of one of the things he thinks is most important, but it's not always there. But he says he thinks it's very important for like great humor is affection, affection for your characters, okay. affection for what you're making fun of. And Trollope, you know, often has humorous elements in his stories, but he always loves his characters, even his villains. He loves them all. Like he, there's. And you feel that with this, with you can feel his sympathy and empathy for his characters when you're reading his books. And then Can You Forgive Her has some really great sequences in it, and I highly recommend that book. So there you go, Can You Forgive Her. All right. Easily, All right. easily uh, findable in digital form. And uh, and and sorry, what is the book on humor that you're reading? It's called English Humor. It's by J.B. Priestley. So basically, it begins. It's sort of a, a very kind of quick overview of of humorous writers in English history. So it starts with Chaucer. Shake has Shakespeare, of course, a whole chapter for him. Uh, kind of goes. It kind of looks at the Eliz- other Elizabethan playwrights. Um, no, uh, most notably, uh, oh, I can't remember his name now. Darn it! But he really, really admired him. Then he, but he's kind of unknown now. Shit! I wish I could remember his name. I the book's in my car because I, I was I've been reading it at work. And then he's talks. He talked about the like Wycherly and and uh, like you know the country wife and and those sort of things. Congreve and who he doesn't think much of in terms of as playwrights or as humorists, thinking they're too crude in their in their in their um too crude in their uh kind of like the, the the plays are very very much about sex and and uh, you know like it's almost like farces and stuff like that but he he thinks that they're too crude to really yeah. pull it off and then but he really he does like congreve a lot and then and then he really likes van Bru uh thinks he's great but and one, one interesting thing in it, there's a picture uh from the country wife of an actress playing uh, the a character Mrs. Pinchwife or something kind of name like that, <laughs> and it's a picture from 1966, and it's Judy Dench playing this role oh. on and on, on stage, and it's just I've never seen her at that age before. And I was just looking at this picture of this woman. I'm like, oh, I wonder who that is. And I look at the caption, Judy Dench, and then I had to write a letter to Judy Priestley, dear sir, you have left the dame off Judy. Yeah, she ain't nothing like a dame nothing <laughs> in the world. But yeah, it was just kind of neat I to see a, that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the book that I was reading that was like. Kind of a, all about humor and jokes, and it was uh. Uh, written by Jimmy Carr. Yeah, okay. And okay. Uh, what I liked was there was a joke at the bottom of every page as well, and mm. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so uh, here's a here's just quick uh, a Jimmy Carr joke I like. Sure. Uh, I realized I was dyslexic when I went to a toga party dressed as a goat. <laughs> That's a good one. There we go. Okay. Uh, Edward Dragansky. Uh, anytime we, uh, by the way, have a lull in the conversation, I'll go back to a Jimmy Carr joke. Okay. Um, Edward Dragansky uh, wrote uh, in response to Todd, uh, they, oh, Todd, you sort of stole my thunder here, but I'm with you. I love the 78 Body Snatchers remake so much, and I'll give it a rewatch every once in a while. Still creeps me out. Yeah, really good. And good Leonard Nimoy work in that as well. Uh, that, that's and, me and uh, Veronica Cartwright. Yeah. She's really good in that movie. Very good. Her vulnerability uh, works so well in that in that in that role. You need vulnerability. Well, that's why she's so good in Alien as well. You just feel like, oh, this woman's dead. <laughs> but that's that makes you that makes you pity her more. You know, and makes you sympathize more. And it's, yeah, that's uh, 
It's good stuff. That's a, a body, yeah, that body snatchers. I've seen it once, mm-hmm. but I think it's very good. Phil Phil Kaufman. Phil Kaufman. Phil Kaufman. That guy can direct a movie, and then he then he couldn't. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I have my uh, body snatchers uh, fan fiction, uh, which is uh, that all the body snatchers movies happened. Yeah, and uh, and what happened is uh, at the end of body snatchers, yeah, uh, all the birth gets replaced. But then they all get just too busy doing regular human stuff and forget that they're aliens. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. they just keep going along until more <laughs> aliens show up and they snatch their bodies. And yeah. we haven't been humans since the '50s in the original movie. Wow. And so each time, and so finally, like uh, we do a movie where like aliens come down and go, "Wait a minute, you're all damn aliens. What are we? Ah, oh, we're wasting our time here." We did the problem with all this human stuff. It gets too distracting and the fast food and all this stuff. And we just forget we're aliens. Sure. We stop taking over. Yeah. We just uh, start loafing around. <laughs> ah, so in the end, the humans win by their lifestyle uh, being more powerful than uh, alien invasion. Um, well, Edward Drugansky, that sounds very accurate. Yeah. Uh, Edward uh, continues to write, passing on the food question, since I'll eat just about anything except maybe cottage cheese. Oh, I like cottage cheese. Yeah, me too. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, which begs the question, uh, what would you mix cottage cheese with? Well, you could mix it with a little bit of pineapple. That's always quite nice. I use uh, um, I use cottage cheese in uh, lasagna rather than ricotta. It's a bit... It's oh, a bit, I will, yeah, that does sound good. It's a bit lighter. It, it's nice. And it's also it's also really good in any kind of pasta. Like when I make my my um, my big meal for church, it's uh, it's a mix of sour cream and cottage cheese together with, in, you know, with, the, with the tomato sauce and stuff like that, just to give it a bit of body. And it's really that's very good in there too. It's like a good cottage cheese is like a good uh, kind of stand-in for a lot of like 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 ricotta cheese, which I find actually is a little too too flavorful in lasagna. Like I find it kind of overwhelms it, whereas cottage right. cheese just kind of blends in quite nicely. So, I, yeah. uh, I and it's also I good with really, scrambled eggs. I do enjoy a ric- oh really interesting. I do enjoy a ricotta cheese. I gotta say that. Um, yeah, just good. on a side note, Dave, let yeah. me tell you what Jimmy Carr says about swimming. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, on the subject of swimming, he said, yeah. swimming is good for you, especially if you're drowning. Not only do you get a cardiovascular workout, yeah. but you don't die. Okay, back to uh, true. Yeah, when you, uh, when you're from, right, you're right, Jimmy Carr. Uh, from a classic filmgoer's perspective, I respect all of the Universal Monsters films, but I particularly enjoyed Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula and Brana's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein for their efforts as modern remakes. Uh, there's a hanging scene in Bronze Frankenstein that still haunts me, and the score by Patrick Doyle still blows me away. Listen to it during the scene where Victor Frankenstein is preparing to bring the creature to life, and he's pulling and pumping all the machines to get started. It is so damn good. I'm going to throw in uh, Young Frankenstein as a little bit of a remake of the <laughs> Frankenstein. That's, uh, that one I've seen. That. I've never seen Kenneth Branagh's um, remake uh, of Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, listen... Uh, Brenna always uh, is a good, competent filmmaker. And even yeah. when, you know, you're like, hmm, it's still, ah, all right. All right. Um, your comment about Cronenberg's The Fly, uh, having some good ideas uh, throughout, got me thinking about the kind of subtle MacGuffin that drives the, the film. Uh, Brundle's main inspiration for inventing the transport pods in the first place is because he suffers from extreme motion sickness. Any Hmm. type of travel is painful to him and causes such uh, chronic discomfort that he invents the method of teleportation to solve for it. I thought it was a really neat impetus uh, to the story. 
Yeah, that's true. Like he doesn't want to be like sick, and uh, he's always like throwing up fly goo. Um, I was always <laughs> also on board yeah. with time after time. Oh yeah, uh, which is all- that's a goodie. Yeah, it, it is a goodie. Uh, it was on the other night, uh, which is also one of my favorite time travel films and full of great ideas throughout. McDowell is always terrific. I'm also a big fan of the great David Warner and. He does so well, uh, Stevenson, a.k.a. Jack the Ripper, uh, directed by Nicholas Meyer of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Same. That's true. Uh, I didn't know this until recently. Some tricky I am. You should have asked You should uh, ask me. I could have told you. Yeah. And by the way, Edward, you prefer to be called Trekker. Okay? So, yeah, I'm just letting <laughs> you know. Uh, that's what I used to be told all the time. Wait, really? Uh, it was also they don't like. They don't like Trekkie? Yeah, yeah, they, they find it offensive. They prefer to be called Trekkers, Dave. Huh. Yeah. That's all I say to that. Huh. All right. Very good. Uh, I was also excited that the movie was adapted into a TV series uh, three years ago. I guess I was alone because it was canceled after the fifth episode. (laughs) If anyone listening was watching the show like I I was and you want to see the complete first season, I do. Sure. I just found out it's available uh, through the CW seed for free. All 12 episodes to complete season one. Uh, Finally, after three years. Oh, that's nice to know. Okay. And uh, Monomaniacal. Uh, according to my folks, I was the textbook definition of monomaniacal. Uh, so many times growing up, I would obsessively pour every thought and action into something I was fanatical about to the point where my parents would worry. Be it comics, Marx Brothers, Star Wars, The Beatles, The Lord of the Rings, or whatever, I'd obsess about it until I was emotionally burned out. The best way to express myself uh, while I was in the process of this state, was to draw and illustrate whatever it was. So I did get in some good work from it. Uh, the only part that concerned uh, me from within was that I was completely self-aware of this behavior at all times and could feel myself burning out and about to go onto something new with no way of stopping it. I had no variety of interests, but instead a single focus on one interest at a time, and this kind of scared me. Uh, when I had no control over it. Fortunately, it faded away uh, over time to now, where I uh, can have safe and segregated interests in a wide selection of interests. I honestly haven't thought back on this until you guys asked this question of the week, so I'm glad you offered me the chance to elaborate. Yeah, that sounds like... uh, I mean, myself, I always feel like I've got some mild obsessive-compulsive disorder, and I used to have a similar thing like that. One uh, summer, I just played this one video game over and over until I was getting better and better and better and better at it, too, uh, where everyone was really worried about me. And it was a game called Minor 2049er, which was kind of <laughs> rip off. And uh, yeah, I, I just was obsessed with this thing. And I've, I've, I've gotten obsessed over other things uh, that some, some of them I've made a living out of. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that, you know, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, I was the have... same. I I would obsess over most more music, like like I would go through like phases of being obsessed with the band, and and when I was uh, then I would have to collect every album by them, you know. So like so, I went through my Prince phase, I went through my Elvis Costello phase, the things like that, where you know and you're just trying to find like every available thing you can by them. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a problem. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, here's something that uh, Jimmy Carr. Uh, once said, oh, uh, which was uh, uh, say what you want about the deaf. Okay, so um, now uh, we're going on to a letter from uh, Louise. Uh, she says, I don't like cauliflower, but it's okay chopped up in a stir fry 
are pureed in this cauliflower and cheese soup my sister makes. Hmm. I don't like cooked cabbage, but it's okay raw and coleslaw. Unlike Jada, uh, I do Jada, like Jada. Jada, sorry. Uh, you say Jada, I say Jada, I, but that's uh, we're we're different people. Uh, I do like broccoli, which also has a strong flavor. So go figure. Oh, you were this close to getting uh, Mrs. Boyd's first name right. The classical guitarist and former <laughs> partner of Pierre Trudeau was neither Linda nor Fiona, but Leona. Oh, uh, damn it. thanks, so guys. Uh, with Jeopardy and reruns and Jimmy Carr no longer doing his tiny quiz of the lockdown, I'm missing the endorphin rush I get from retrieving random data from my brain. <laughs> yeah, I'm missing the Jimmy Carr thing, too. Hey, one time he said, I'm missing uh, my this, brain. He said, like, yeah, he said uh, I like to go into the body shop and shout really loud, I've already got one. Hmm. That's something he likes to do. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Yep. Thanks for, thanks for contributing. So uh, what what else we got there from uh, from the email land? Hey, so here's what we got. You ready for this? We got a uh, message from Gavin. Okay. And, oops, oh, sorry. Someone wrote me a long message. One second. Let me go back to Gavin here. All right. So uh, Gavin writes in. I knew Gavin would come through for, the, for us for this. He says, uh, some horror movie remakes better than the originals. So uh, The Thing, I, I agree with that. The Blob. Mm-hmm. I've not seen the remake of The Blob. I've seen the original Blob. Have you seen the remake of The Blob? I have. I saw it because uh, I was a fan of Del Close, the improviser. Oh. And uh, he plays a priest in it. Maybe I have seen that. I don't remember it. But I do I do remember Well, he also... I think the reason I, uh, I, I especially saw it was he wrote about uh, being on the set of The Blob in the uh, DC comic... Um, what's it called? Wasteland. Wasteland, that's right, yeah. yeah. So he, he, he wrote some behind-the-scenes stuff uh in uh in wasteland that went into a very surreal uh you know direction and so i went ah, i gotta see this movie huh uh my bloody valentine i don't know that one do you know that one yeah either seen version my bloody Valentine. nope um oh, i'm trying to think i'm sure i've seen it i'm sure i've seen it. i can't remember what it is though sorry village of the damned once again i've only okay. seen the original i've seen the black and white one but not the uh is the remake does that have um uh christopher reeve in it you got me. You got me. I think it know. does. I think it does. Tell us, Gavin, if it does. Okay, go <laughs> if so, I have seen. All right. Go. Uh, Day of the Triffids. Okay, I have not seen that. I've seen the 1950s one with, um, I can't remember the actor's name now. He's in The Birds. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that one's pretty good. It's kind of okay. Ameri- it's kind of Americanized though. But which one do you like, Gavin? Because, okay, there's the TV, there's like a 1982 TV one, which I think is pretty good. It's kind of it's kind of low budget, but it's pretty pretty good in terms of the story. And then there's like the the later one they made with um uh, with that comedian. Oh, what's his name? The British comedian, uh, the cross dressing British comedian. Oh, uh, like uh, Dame Edna? No, no, no. That no. Uh, he he just like oh he uh, Eddie uh, Eddie yeah, Izzard. Eddie Izzard, yeah, Eddie Izzard's in it. And, okay. And it kind of like a it, and it seemed it's kind of over the top. I don't know. I felt it was. It didn't seem very close to the to the um, the storyline of the of the uh, the book. Okay. But which one is it, Gavin? Please please specify. If it's the 1982 version, TV version, the noughties TV version, or the <laughs> which I know that you don't like the 50s one, obviously. Uh, next one is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Now is that the uh, the Santa one that uh, everyone uh, lost their minds about in the 70s, and then it got uh, remade? 
Is that the one where everyone was like, you can't have Santa murdering people? <laughs> they hadn't seen the EC comic, I guess. Um, oh. I don't, I don't know. I have not seen that one. I think it is. I think it, I think it's the one that was like, uh, killer Santa and, uh, and people were like, that's uh, horrible. We can't do that. For some reason, that was a time in history where we, <laughs> we thought, you know, Santa, shame on that. Santa was such a, an important religious icon. Santa baby, uh, don't murder me. Oh, gee, <laughs> you're stabbing me in the heart. Santa baby. Running You're around me the Christmas all. tree, being chased by Santa Claus. So, yeah. and now ne- I'm thinking of a frantic joke, which is uh, Chet's guts roasting on an open fire. Ooh. Uh, got a Jimmy Carr joke there for us? Uh, do a Jimmy. Oh well, I uh, no, I, I oh, I put oh those away. okay, I'm sorry. Oh well, all right, I'll, I know one. Okay, uh, uh, throwing acid is wrong in some people's eyes. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Uh, next one on his list is aliens. Gavin is saying that aliens is better than alien. I don't. I have to disagree There's, with that. They're different genres. Have, so it's they're tough. different genres to me. Like that, aliens is not a horror movie, so you can't really call it like it. I mean, it has like kind of thrilling elements to it, but it's not super scary. It doesn't have like you know like it's just too fast. It's too fast a movie to be scary. Like you can't have scary and be fast. Okay. Because you need to have like moments of slow build up. Where you build up the tension, where the music swells and the person walks down a dark alley, and there's a, a, you know, a face that appears and it's dripping down liquid, and then you look, and then the person's walking and they're oblivious to the to the threat that's coming, and then you're like, "Don't go down there! You don't know this is terrible." <laughs> but if it's really fast and they're just walking, and then the thing jumps out of them, and then they fight, and then they shoot at each other, and then they run, da 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 da, you're not scared. You're just you're excited. You know, you feel thrilled by it, but you're not scared because you don't have time for your brain can't like register the fear of it. You're just registering what's happening. And that's that would be my problem with the ending of uh, the uh, that movie. You know, that one the one I'm talking right. about. Everyone knows it. You know, I can't remember. What it's called. <laughs> yeah, you know that one. Why can't I remember what that one's called? The one with the um, the witch and the people, kids in the woods and they're looking for the witch and they never find it. And they end up in a house at the end of the movie. Blair Witch Project. Yeah, the Blair Witch Project. That's my problem with with that ending of that movie. It's too, I kept wanting it's too to fast. say like The Mist, but I'm kind of like that ain't it. That ain't it. By no. the way, uh, The Mist was one of those examples of uh, you know uh, you should have gone out uh, early. You know, like we should lock down, we should stay in. I was like, no, you should have gone out. You should have gone out. So that's a good argument. If people are like, you know what, maybe we should you know stop this uh, whole lockdown thing. It's like, did you see The Mist? It's like, yeah, but oh, you know what, that's a good point. Well, why do you say that? Because everyone in the in the supermarket died, but that lady who just went to get her kids was was alive. Absolutely fine. Yeah, the religious nut who went out and just went, everything's going to be fine. Uh, no, was no, she right. wasn't the religious nut. The religious nut stayed inside and and caused a little cult to to sp- spring up inside the store. And... Oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Well, lady who left first uh, did fine. Yeah. Though it's weird because there still were monsters out and about. Like she just lucked out. Oh yeah, totally lucked out. You know, and the other thing know. is, she doesn't have her kids with her. She's just standing on a on a on a truck transport. The army's driving. So really, and let me also. So her kids are dead. Her kids are dead. She's just okay. It's fine. Yeah. Let me also say this. Yeah. Um, say I'm going to add an extra scene to say the end it. of the movie. What's uh, the extra scene? Is, the extra scene yeah. is uh, is this is uh, so. Uh, by the way, spoilers for the mist. So um, <laughs> he kills his uh, the kid and the family and whatever. And the, he doesn't kill them. They kill themselves. But okay. Well, he has to kill his son. Son doesn't kill himself. He kills his son. Oh. He's got to. I can't remember that. I can't remember that. Now I hate that movie even more. Yeah, it's awful. So anyway, uh, so he comes out and he sees like uh, everyone seems to be all right. But then what you got to do 
is you got to look over again and see the people on the truck. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, they, they blink their eyes and they got, like, monster eyes. And like, oh, no, no, no. Ah, everyone's possessed by monsters, though. It's okay. It was a monster world after all. We got faked <laughs> out, but it was monster world. And he's, like, so happy. He's, like, so happy. Like, yeah, nailed it. Then gun to the mouth, blam. Super happy. <laughs> he's out of bullets. That's why he doesn't kill himself. Oh, um, that's it. He is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a... We were talking a little while ago about movies with uh, negative endings and, and, and my my talking about movies that don't earn their ending and their negative ending. And that's a definite example of that where it runs so counter to the whole theme of the film that it's just like the most fucking ridiculous ending to a movie ever. Because the whole point of that film is that they are the they are the people who want to live. They're the ones who are about life and the character uh, the character, the, the religious fundamentalist lady, she's about death. She wants, you know, she is all about closing down life and denying life and denying happiness and, and you know, and, and trying to like create this little safe bubble of, of prejudice and hatred and all and negativity. And they're the positive people. And then as soon as they get into one like jam, they'll kill themselves. And you're like, <laughs> what? Where did their philosophy take them? Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Boo! Get out of here, stupid movie. So Jimmy Carr is worried about his grandmother. Uh Uh-oh. Saying like, uh, I'd really worry about my grandmother. Yeah. If she's alone and she falls, does she make a sound? I'm worried about her too. Yeah. Okay. Next on his list, House of Wax. Okay, so it was... uh, The Rob Zombie one, I assume. Alicia... Was it Alicia Cuthbert who was in the remake? I don't know. I'm trying to remember who it was. Isn't Paris Hilton? Wasn't Paris Hilton by it? Yeah, Yeah, it was Paris Hilton, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, hot wax on the eyeballs. That disturbs me. <laughs> I think it disturbs everyone. That's the point of that movie. Yeah, that's the horror element of it. Is people getting hot wax on their eyeballs? Yeah, I don't care for I don't care for that kind of thing. I like the idea of a whole, uh, you know, the the entire building like melting. That's that's nice and clever. Mm. I like that. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a, it's probably one of the best wax based movies, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> Once again, I've not seen it. I don't know. I've never seen a Rob Zombie movie because I, I find like I don't like his music. And I'm trying I, to think and, about, and, so, yeah. and so I've kind of well, isn't the House of Wax directed by Rob Zombie? Yeah. Well, I've seen bits. I haven't seen the whole oh, thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, he did. He did uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Is that right? Something like that. And yeah. Remake of, remake of Halloween before they remade Halloween. He did and the remake, remake of Halloween. He did the. Uh, don't all of them feature his wife in some way? He's got that. He's got that new one now. But the are you thinking of Judd Apatow? Nope. Are you, are you confusing confusing uh, Rob Zombie with Judd Apatow? I do. Qu- I do quite often, but in this case, no, no. His, his hey, wife remember because uh, one of them did this is forty corpses. <laughs> house of House of this is forty corpses. Yes. Okay. Is it really called House of a Thousand Corpses? I think so. Yeah. And then House was, of Wax uh, and then House of a Thousand Corpses. Come and then on, there Rob was Zombie. The, the, there was the forty-year, uh, what is it? The forty-year-old uh, Virgin Sacrifice. I think that was also. <laughs> it's another movie by uh, one of them. <laughs> Trying to go through all the Judd Apatow movies. Sure. In my head. Knocked out and then and then murdered. And frankly, Freaks yeah. and Geeks just works as a horror uh, movie sure, title. It anyway. Sure does. Yeah. yeah. Now. Um, in fact, even better as a Rob Zombie. I want Rob Zombie to remake Freaks and Geeks. Frankly. <laughs> you ever seen a Rob Zombie movie do you really want him to mm, okay I don't know I've never I shouldn't I really shouldn't judge his films because he, he might be the most terrible musician in the world but the greatest director of horror films I, I don't know but his music has put me off his movies uh, number whatever it was 
The Ring. We know this is the is so much better than than the, than the original version. Ringu. Ringu. Ringu's okay, but it has. It's that, it's that penguin, right? Is that what I'm thinking about? Yep. The little uh, yep. uh, claymation penguin. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Uh, the the Japanese version has uh, the the husband or ex husband or whatever of the main character, which I don't know. I don't think uh, Naomi, what's her face, Naomi Watts has a um, husband in the. She has a boyfriend, but anyway. Uh, in the Japanese one, he has psychic abilities, mm. and so it's both dumb and distracting at the same time. <laughs> like, for instance, there's a scene where he's like sitting at a bench, and then the ghost woman, ghost girl, walks up to him, and like, but he doesn't look up at her. He just sees her feet, and he like looks down, like, oh, if I don't look up, she can't kill me. I guess I don't know, but and then she disappears or whatever, and you're like, what was that about? Why was that in the movie? Not. Just dumb. Just it just kind of like it's one of those sort of things that dilutes the 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 horror of the character. You know, like what what the ring does so well is that it creates this mystery about who Samara is, and so Naomi Watts' character, you know, goes in this search, and you know, and of course, it's she learns more and more, and she gets complete the complete wrong end of the stick, and decides that Samara needs to be rescued. And then she rescues her, and then that's even worse. You know, so it's just like, yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. Good stuff. Cool. And then the final one on this list is a movie called Quarantine, which is very apt oh. for our times. But I do not know that film either. Is he counting the real Quarantine now as the better version of the movie Quarantine? Like he's living <laughs> the experience? Yeah, it's way better. Okay. Well, these are good uh, These are good movie tips. Yeah, I'll have to. So, uh, I'm gonna look so on, hunt um, them out, everybody. I'm going to look for these on, on Shudder and, and watch them if when I have some time. The problem nice. for me with Shudder is that Lisa does not enjoy horror films, so I have to, I can only watch those sort of movies on my time for myself. Now, uh, I just want to tell you, Ian, yes. one thing, and that okay. is that Ed Dragansky wrote into the website, and he said, oh. he said, the owner of my company sent out some goodie baskets during the quarantine. Mine had aged Canadian cheddar in it, you guys never mentioned you had the best cheddar cheese in the world, and he's right. It's, this one was aged over one thousand days. We, yeah, we don't want people to invade our country, so we don't tell anyone. <laughs> That's that. right. We don't want to. We don't want to. Oh, I, I didn't like this. I'll like it now. There we go. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's true. It, we do have very good uh, cheese here in, in Canada, because not only do we have cheeses of the world, and everybody loves cheeses, but it also has. We also have some great cheddar here. And aged cheddar is is really good. I really like. I like it when it has the salty crunch to it. That's when it gets really good. Yeah, I got some really good aged cheddar from uh, Granville Market the other day, and uh, oh, mm, lordy, we had a break. So good. We again, we're yeah, we're making it, and we uh, we made the sourdough bread, put the cheddar on it. Oh, ah, nice. Oh, so lovely. Jealous. A little jealous. Yeah, I had some good cheese tonight for dinner. I had some Mont- Monterey Jack with uh, jalapeno peppers in it, which I always appreciate, and some cheddar. And I mixed them together because we had burritos for dinner tonight. So, I Well, let me throw this out thing. there as a, a question uh, of the week. Uh, wherever you live in the world, yeah. what what is the thing that your area just does well? I mean, it doesn't have to be the obvious. Like if you live in New York, you don't have to go, we make the pizza pie. And I go, like, <laughs> why do you have the Italian accent? But, you know, like... What's something that maybe even we don't know about? They're like, oh man, we do this great. So if you come here, you gotta try the fill in the blank. And when I go somewhere else, I can never get this as good as uh, 
you know, as, as here. So what's your, uh, what's your area's kind of specialty food that is maybe not the most known uh, thing about, uh, you know, the, not the most obvious one. Huh. And it can be obvious. if you Interesting. I'm sorry. I, I was not inspired to think of a question during this episode. So uh, I'm, I apologize. Do you want to, do you want me to tell a Jimmy Carr joke so you have time? <laughs> okay. That's the next question, everyone. Well, this is just on the this is on the nope. topic of no. Nope. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I have. Uh, it was a, on the topic of uh, police and firefighters. You know, talking about nine eleven. Yep. Because uh, you know, it's like uh, they've said the police and firefighters they'll never forget nine eleven, which is pretty hard to you know considering it's your phone number. Okay, back to you, Dave. Uh, tell us your favorite joke. Tell us your favorite joke. Oh my gosh, that's good. I like it. All right. <laughs> so what's a good food from your area and tell yeah. us your favorite joke? There you go. Thank you for bringing out Jimmy Carr because that's what inspired that question. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Super glad to hear that. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, Dave, do you want to tell the nice people about our uh, question show or any of that kind I of stuff? I sure can the... because you know what? Alrighty. It really is starting to loom, everyone. It's starting to loom and this is your chance. This is your chance to win a sneaky dragon grab bag, which... If you talk to any one of our form, formal, formal, former, I, went, I knew I was going to say formal, but I went to correct myself and I said formal anyway. Former winners, ask <laughs> them, was it worth the prestige? And, you know, obviously there's like the after effects of winning the Sneaky Dragon grab bag. Your name is in the newspaper. People are talking about you everywhere. There's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of like twitter stuff that happens because yeah. you know like it's a bit of a letdown emotionally like it's a bit don't of a let... have your wedding after you got a grad bag that's right like yeah it's it's like because nothing can like top that so you kind of have to let like a, a year or two go by before you like try to resume a normal life but mm -hmm. you want to win the grab bag everyone you want that sneaky dragon t-shirt your choice ian mentioned earlier there is a multitude of title cards on on our website you can look through them a lot of those, a lot of them, not all of them, even, I don't know. I can't tell how they'd look as a t-shirt. Let's just say any one of those could be a t-shirt <laughs> for you. You could, It's your choice. That's the thing about this. It's not just you get That's a true. shirt. You get a shirt of your choice. You can look through our shirts on our website, or you can go on and look at the title cards and find one of those that you've always loved and have a shirt made of that. You would win a Sneaky Dragon mug. That's right. Dazzle your friends at work by bringing up a mug full of hot beverage to your lips and slurping from a Sneaky Dragon mug. You will amaze your co-workers. You will win some buttons. Yes, we're going to have a complete series of buttons for all our um, podcasts, all our sidecasts, all our spinoffs, and some of our in-jokes that were made into buttons as well. And we'll be designing, or I guess I will be designing a uh, bumper sticker. Just for this, it will never be available again. So nope, because no one's going to drive cars after this. No one's so. going to drive cars after this anyway. Yeah, that's right. And so, but you can just put it on your bike if you want. It can be a, your bike bumper sticker, and and that will go to everyone who asks questions. So don't forget when you send us your question to include your address. If you haven't sent in questions before or had things mailed to you before by me, if you have, don't bother sending me your address because unless you've moved, because I know it. And uh, remember, every question equals one ticket in the raffle in the prize pants or in the prize hat, depending <laughs> which we find. And so two questions, two tickets, five questions, five tickets, 10 questions, 10 tickets. It increases your chances, but there you go. I can't promise you anything, but that's the fun of it all. So there you go. And so we look forward to your questions. We've had lots already, but we want, we want tons more from you. So, so just 
pull out and that they don't have to be good questions everybody you, <laughs> you know ian and i you can ask us anything and we will just go off on a on a merry chase that you will say well i didn't that's not even the question i asked what are you talking about that for it doesn't matter because that's the fun of it it's just uh it's a way f- it's you're giving us grist for our mill and exactly that show is nine shows away now. This is episode 441. We're coming up to it pretty quick, pretty quick, everyone. So uh, put on your thinking caps, pull out your pencil, and write to us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That is our email address. Send us your, your uh, letters that way. If you want to write to us via snail mail, if that's your favorite way of writing, you like to write on, the, on paper and put it in an envelope and lick a stamp and stick it to the envelope and put it in a mailbox and send it to us, you can find our address on our website, on our contact us page. Though don't lick stamps nowadays. Don't just lick, use, the, don't they, lick stamps they're nowadays. self-sticking and it's just not a good idea to put your saliva on anything and then put it in the mail. So don't, don't do that. <laughs> You're fine. Like it's I, all self-sticking. I was, stuff. I was being rhetorical. Okay. Cause yes, they all, all are self-adhesive now. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to lick them anymore, but. We can't be rhetorical in this lockdown, Dave. It's just like... (laughs) Uh, You can also contact us on our website at sneakydragon.com. Every show has a comment section underneath it, and you are welcome to leave a comment there. You can contact us via via Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. And by the way, keep a lookout on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon and on our Facebook page, Sneaky Dragon, for our um, our next poll, I guess we'll call it, so you can vote on the next movie that Ian and I will discuss on Fansplainers. So in a couple days, or tomorrow maybe, when I get around to it, I'm going to put out uh, I'm going to put out three movies that have been suggested right. by listeners for us to talk about on Fansplainers. And, and you, uh, Nina listeners. has suggested, yeah, Nina has suggested a, a doozy. Yes, oh, it's that a doozy. is that is on that's going to be on this list. Yes. Oh, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a, it's 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 a movie, all right. It is, oh. and uh, I have not seen it, so that of course you haven't. Why would you? Why, why would anybody? <laughs> exactly. So yes. Yeah, so you are welcome to vote when those that poll shows up on Facebook and on Twitter, and uh, that's everything. Oh, and also uh, our Patreon page is there for you if you want to uh, to help us with our expenses. You are welcome to uh, contribute via Patreon. That's always very nice. I've so got a go. bad sourdough habit now. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Papa, Papa needs his starter. Is what I'm saying. So yeah, okay. yeah. And and uh, again, just plugging uh, fansplainers uh, as you as you've just done. Uh, but we're also plugging uh, the Sneaky Dragon listening party. Oh uh, sure. Which is a delightful show. So uh, that's another uh, one of the fine Sneaky Dragon products that you will find on our website. <laughs> products. <laughs> so there you go, everyone. Well, I guess that's our show. I have nothing else to say after after that. After I said, I guess that's our show. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's okay. Like it used to be, I could go on for longer, but uh, this uh, this whole thing is like, oh man, I just I just do not have the energy like to go past two hours. Okay, it's been two hours. I don't feel bad then. Has it been two right, hours already? Yeah, it's been two hours. Good lord. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we we can we can talk up a storm no matter what no matter what the occasion. Mm-hmm. Remember when we used to say we're gonna do a. We're going to do a strict hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good times. We, I don't think we ever I don't think we've ever done it. We were even lo- we were longer on this week's uh, fan explainers, so. Yeah, yeah, that was I a long one too. Yeah, yeah. I think also, you know, I'm in such isolation here to just hear another voice for a period of time. It's just like 
I'm uh, I'm grandma at the nursing home that's just like, no, tell me more. And then what happened? Mm, interesting. Chicken, chickens, on. you say? Oh, yeah. Boy, no, where, where are those chicken's eggs? That's, uh, uh, by the way. That'd be question number three. It's like, where are those eggs? Take okay. your guess. I'm going to I'm gonna do a, a satellite shot. See if I can find a satellite shot of my house from above and I'll, I'll put it on the website. Excellent. If I, if I can find it or put it on the this this uh, page. This shows, oh, I love it. shows post. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. And please don't rob Dave. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. Uh, my name isn't Peter or Paul. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like we've run out of steam. So Sure. We have it's, an hour ago. It's, it's kind okay. of hard. Our lives are kind of limited right now. I, I you know I get up in the morning. I go to work. I come home. Da 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> I get up in the morning. Do 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 do. Go to work. Boo do do do. Do a day's work. Oh, it's the same thing. I guess that doesn't. That's not a very good rhyme. Ah, I'm fired. Can't, it's okay. Can't write blues. I got I got a cat that's uh, scratching at the door that I've got to go deal with okay. right now. Well, you go deal so. with that. Good excuse for us to to say meow. All right. Talk to you guys all uh, very, very soon. Uh, We love you. Everyone stay safe. Stay healthy. Yes. And let's close out this week's show with a song by Sarah Walsh. This is her song, Sky Tripping Through the Universe. Go to her, go to Bandcamp and check her out, Earth Immigrant. She's really great. Here's the song. See you next week. Say goodbye.